Ladies and gents, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show on a Thursday, the last Thursday in April. It always comes to this, the last Thursday of any month, and this is April's last, so it, it better soak itself up, because it's going to be 12 more months until this day comes back around. I welcome you all to the last show of the the last official show of the week. I will be live tomorrow, so I'm taking the day off for Lauren's birthday to tend to her. But um, in the mid middle of the day, when we're still just you know tending to the baby and there's naps and everything else going on, there is going to be session two of the Quite Frankly Book Club because we have to stay consistent with that and not going to be around Saturday night. So session two, that'll be at 3 p.m. Eastern time for those of you who are reading along with us all. Windswept House by Malachi Martin. I'm going to be publishing the official Reddit thread tonight so that people can have all day tomorrow to jot things down. Either way, call up, call in, and have a good time with us tomorrow. I'll send out tweets and I'll send out telegrams and everybody will know where to find us on quitefrankly.tv and the D Live. As for tonight, I want to thank my sponsors right off the bat. I want to thank Secret Nature CBD. SecretNatureCBD.com. The best, the best CBD rich products you will find on the internet because not only can you get your tinctures and your oils and all that stuff that you find in every gas station from coast to coast, but we are talking 100% organic CBD rich cannabis flower. You can get the fl- you can get the flour itself and grind it and do it do what you will, or you can get the pre rolls. I I love love these products and they're great to take with you into a weekend where your uh, your number one priority is rest, relaxation, and focus. Well, we're going to be talking a lot about focus tonight, a little bit about restoration and about sniffing out the bullshit and the toxicity where it needs to be rooted out. But I don't know if we have the power as individuals to root it out of the system, but we know how to root it out of our lives and to see what is coming our way. And I've got, uh, I've got some great guests in studio tonight to, uh, to make this conversation come to life, and that is the return of based nutritionist Jay Gulanello and Rob. Everybody's here tonight. How you guys doing? Outstanding. Oh, don't all everybody jump in at once? It was the Shatner dramatic pause. Doing great. Doing great, Frank. I thought we were done already. We already had like, (laughs) we just gave you like half hour of material before this this show started. I I know you're clandestinely recording that too. I wish I did. You just play it. I wish I did. You know, there is that. that camera's going, but there's no audio, oh. and that only has like a 30-day uh, memory. <sighs> but yeah, no, there was a great conversation going on in studio, and I know a lot of it will be recreated because the the news is dictating that we. I mean, we have to get to the bottom of this. It it really is because as as Jay, as you were saying before, it's it has so little to do with. Um, it has so little to do with even. Weighing out the benefits of a steak or a handful of crickets has everything to do with control and regaining and maintaining control in your lives and uh, and also just being able to see what's being thrown our way, you know, so uh, it, it'll be a good night for sure. Absolutely, Frank, I agree. I mean, I think it always ends up with control in the end, so. 
that's what we need to get to the to the bottom of. Yeah. Well, I mean, how have you guys? How's your week's been going? Everybody enjoy your the the weather and everything else. Yeah, and the weekend's supposed to be nice too, from what I hear. This is perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's spring. <laughs> it's actually spring. I mean, it's a little windy, but you know, I like this. Just you, under sixty degrees. But you remember when this used to be the this used to be March. Yeah. Uh, we we do have a one month delay. We <laughs> yeah. definitely do. Oh, absolutely. Um. So, but, it, but we're getting spring. Yes. You know, last year we got spring too, but before that there was a good number of years where it was just winter, summer. Summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get like we we had like a one week transition where you had breezy. Low humidity, 75 degree days, and then came 85, 95. Yeah, I, li- like, I like spring and fall, you know? Absolutely. I was going to say, you guys, the are middle road. Fall, you guys are both fall guys, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the same thing. Yeah. I'm becoming more of a fall and winter guy. Yeah. But once we get to the end of February, I am done. <laughs> I'm absolutely done. And, uh, and, and that used to be great back in the 90s because at the end of February, you knew you had a couple of fickle weeks of March, and April was going to be wonderful mm-hmm. with, with, with a very rare like 96 watching the Yankees their home opener with the snow right that was rare yeah you know but uh, still anywho it's a uh, we got a lot of stuff here to do tonight it, it, let me ask you about this right off the bat what do you think about uh, this ministry of truth thing the uh, the disinformation because th- this is going to apply to people like you, Jay. It's it's a part of the reason why you were uh, you were faced with, you know, making a change in your professional life and leaving the hospital. But it's gonna it's gonna follow us all around because this is a an initiative from the White House to set up a disinformation board. Uh, <laughs> We've seen this before, though. Yeah. Oh, it's just another layer. No, but I mean, like, it's the same playbook. Yeah. Historically speaking, who sits on the board? It is a a Russia expert who call, who called Hunter laptop a Hunter laptop a Trump campaign product and said that she shudders to think about Elon Musk um, taking over Twitter. Now here she is. Her name is uh, Nina Jankowitz. Nice chin, Nina. Uh, but but he, the thing about this that's a woman. Yeah, I I know. Well, she's eight months pregnant. That's the and, and which makes this a lot worse. Don't assume that just because she's pregnant, she has to be a woman, Frank. That's true. Oh, that's true. That's true. But, no but good. you might be misgendering, <laughs> guilty <laughs> of some type of ism. Well, some people also ask, why is it relevant that she's eight months pregnant? Because because um, she looks she, like a linebacker, and she and she's already confirmed a, a lying enemy of humanity. But now she's even more or more. There's something hormonal going on there. We'll just say that. Yeah. It's very hormonal situation, <laughs> and our and our freedom of speech is is hanging in the balance because of it. Her first case could be this show just right now. <laughs> Regulate <laughs> everything we said. There's going to be a whole bunch of disinformation today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, uh, speaking of media and disinformation and all that, I was reading that of some of the billions of dollars that was already sent over to Ukraine, a lot of that money went to preserving what they call uh, to to combat disinformation from Russia out there and to support independent media in the country of Ukraine, which I don't know how anybody, an individual or an organization, can ever consider themselves independent if they take any kind of support from a government. Weren't you just reporting the other day, too, on an independent journalist who is now essentially, was presumed dead and now has found that he's alive, but he's actually under house arrest in Ukraine? Gonzalo Lira. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So much for independent journalism. I know. I know. Is he going to get any of that money? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think he will. No, not at all. Yeah. But um, but that's that's what we're dealing with here. Well, good thing things are so perfect over here that we don't need any of that $33 billion for the next uh, five months. No. No, we don't need any of that. And because when he says he waits, I want Congress. Four months. I want Congress to, to uh, commit another $33 billion to... Um, that's this was just today. He had, uh, the White House announced that they want Congress to commit another thirty-three billion over the next couple of months for Ukraine. Yeah. And th just a couple of days ago, everybody who was melting down over the Elon Musk deal, the one, the major thing that everybody ran to was saying, "With forty-four billion, you can cure world hunger." <laughs> and now we're we're dumping thirty-three billion dollar gap, what a stopgap measure. He's talking about a, to get them through a couple of months. <sighs> And that's us, man. I mean, we're the collateral for that shit. Mm -hmm. So, did you hear that all that all hands Twitter call? No, I heard pieces of it on Project Veritas. Okay, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, dude, I didn't yeah. hear the actual thing, so I didn't get to hear the tone, but I saw it written out what they were saying. This company is staffed by no one other than emotionally fragile children. Yeah. It is impossible for the higher-ups in Twitter to even move from topic to topic without gingerly tiptoeing and without startling everybody. They are f fucked. Yeah. <laughs> They're fucked. Yeah. They it, need to detox it, <laughs> these people. It's so strange that they, that they talk about the desire for free speech as long as it's when within certain parameters that seems to be you know they're they're upset about elon musk you know and you can think what you will of him i mean i, I think i i told you earlier frank I, I i see him as a sort of chaotic neutral i don't trust him but certainly he's going to deliver something better than we have now because twitter you know it's unsustainable the way it is now i don't even see it really as a business it's just sort of a an arm of the administration at this point, right? It's a, just a giant echo chamber. And now that somebody's coming in to play with their toys, they can't handle it anymore. They don't actually want free speech. I, I don't believe it when they say, we're, you know, we're here to be inclusive. I, I don't agree with that. I don't believe it at all. They're not looking for inclusivity. They're, they're looking for echo chambers. They're, they're reacting the same way that it was being reported by newly inspired Republican or conservative poll watchers yeah. who showed up in places like Philadelphia on election night and <laughs> suddenly all of the you know these these uh, Democrat bulldog types out there who knew this was their domain for decades they didn't like the fact that everybody else was suddenly taking interest in it elections is their business right you know it, it's uh, it's the same behavior same playbook over and over. it just shows up in in different arenas and it's, uh, I don't know, it, uh, if it weren't so consequential, we could laugh a little bit easier about it, but it's, you know. But unfortunately, like you said, this is the public square now. For better or for worse, you can hate it, but we still have to, we have to agree that that is the objective reality, that politicians use Twitter for foreign policy advocates. So, I mean, you know, you, you, you can't just... You can't discount the power of Twitter, and so I think it would be nice for some of these social media. I mean, I don't know if y you said that you had actually experienced an increase or an uptick in in followers, in reach, even just in the last few days. And the beginning of this year on on Instagram, my uh, my account had been throttled to the point where you know you can just tell by your reach, and especially because I post every day. But over the last week or so organic growth seems to be back now i don't know obviously instagram is facebook has nothing to do with twitter but you, you often wonder if 
these companies are now trying to be a little bit more careful about the strong arm of censorship because it be could become so overtly you know obvious to people well the, in, in that first 12 to 24 hours after Monday's announcement of the proposal being accepted I suddenly dozens of people were were, were following yeah. me again and and the reach was three times as much and I'm a smaller smaller account so obviously the bigger accounts were taking on tens of thousands of followers in the first couple of hours right. and and uh, that's around the same time they said that the the code had been the, the Twitter algorithm everything had been locked down to prevent sabotage mm -hmm. I said well listen that's a very nice public thing to say we're gonna lock it down for now because obviously in the first couple of hours there's no transition there nothing has changed at Twitter nope. so what the hell is this really all about Occam's razor tells me that even though they publicly shut down the the source code for now they had a clandestine team go in there and clean some stuff up, loosen a noose over here, definitely swept through tons of those fluffing bots because right. a lot of leftist accounts were like, why am I losing thousands of people? <laughs> right, right. Didn't they also announce that they uh, misrepresented their user base by like 1.9 million people or something like that? Yeah, well, that has to be like VAERS. That has to be like 1% to 10% of the truth. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. well, I mean, it's obvious that, like you said, it's the bots. Yeah, when you have David Hogg complaining that he's not the <laughs> right, right. amount of people. Yeah. Just the fact that you know, yeah, and, and he, he exists at all is <laughs> enough. Precisely, to... precisely. It, so, like you know, Jay, like you said, um, uh, for better or worse, uh, this is going to be a, a pretty interesting, I think, maybe net positive shakeup on that particular site. Mm. But nobody, nobody should deprioritize what we've already been doing. You cannot say, okay, well, Twitter's fixed. Let's jump away from Gab and everything. No, no, no. no. The, 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 the breakaway internet that we all were forced into putting our energy into needs to be the priority. And that's it. You can't, uh, can't trust them. And to me, it's the same with restrictions, right? You can celebrate the removal of a mask mandate on transportation, you know, on airlines. But the truth is that was that never should have been the authority of the CDC in the first place. So all of the advocacy, the advocacy, I'm having trouble with that word tonight, um, that's been going on and moving us forward. We cannot forget that either. We can't just celebrate these victories and say, okay, great, you know, right. the government has given us our freedoms back. It was never theirs to take in the first place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because, so. you know... And I think this is part of orchestrated with things because it really leaves you in this like Stockholm syndrome type right. of mentality where it's like, you know, you're thanking them for <laughs> for that sort of thing. That's why when you talk about Musk in this scenario, OK, like you know, he said last time, I, I you know, it's OK. People are, you know, I, I laugh at the, the people that are melting down over him a little bit, although it's not as funny as it used to be. But still, you get amused out of it. But I think on the. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons spectrum there. I don't know if he's uh, you know chaotic neutral. I, I, I would lean towards lawful evil <laughs> is really what he is. So, okay. you know, um, what would be the best example of lawful evil? Because people say uh, Satan Vader. <laughs> Satan is, is the best example of lawful evil. Absolutely. I, 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 I definitely disagree when people say uh, Vader because Vader broke and, and amended contracts along the way all the time. He didn't care about contracts or the law. Or anything like that? Um, well, I, I could see where people are coming from, though, because he was principled. He did have a code of ethics. He did have a code of ethics. He killed children. Well, that was part yeah, of the code, was, Frank. Yeah. That was something else. <laughs> he wasn't actually Vader then, though. Yes, That's he was. True. That's yes. what made him Vader. No, no, no. He's, he, you know, made, he, Windu made him Vader. Ah. 
Okay. Thinking Windu, that's when he he pledged himself. He pledged himself to, to Palpatine. He says, "Rise, Vader." Okay, and so yeah. he. Okay, and right, but he that was his first yeah. act of big time. Yeah, true evil. That choking out his wife. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> he was already gone. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't. And then you know, I'm I'm uh, altering the deal. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not a good guy to go into business with. That's true. That's mm. true. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? Before we go, because we, we have like two minutes left, did you see this this skeevy Megan Fox talking about she and Machine Gun Kelly drinking each other's blood from time to time? What do you, as a nutritionist, what do you? Th <laughs> let's not even talk about human. Uh, as a human, what you think about uh, you know consuming? I'm I'm get, I'm getting weak just thinking about this. So there are actual tribes in Africa that consume the milk, meat, and blood of their animals. So I, I from a nutritional perspective, I can't poo-poo it. Although I'll tell you that I would never drink another human's blood. Right. Uh, but, oh, you know, a bloody piece of steak. Everybody's right, had Right, exactly. Sun. Yeah. A lot of nutrients in blood. Um, not going to drink my... Is that is that her uh, husband? No, they're Boyfriend? just they're just a hookup. Okay, of course. But here, listen, well, I certainly wouldn't drink my hookups blood. Wait, listen. Here's four. <laughs> here's forty seven seconds. And she even says it's actually ritual in, of, in nature. I guess drink each other's blood might mislead people, or like people are imagining us with like goblets and we're like Ugh. Game of Thrones drinking each other's blood. It's just a few drops, but yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes only <laughs> it is used for a reason and it is controlled where it's like let's shed a few drops of blood Ugh. on each drink it he's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just like cut his chest open with broken glass and be like take my soul let me bleed on you <laughs> it doesn't not happen let me tell you maybe not exactly like that but it a version of that has happened uh, many times well, with everything going well, on in the world, I, I can't imagine paying attention to this at all. And they're not even—they're not even A-listers, dude. <laughs> they're not even A-listers. They B? I uh, C. Okay. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly—he's like one of the. Uh, unfortunately, he's one of the bigger names in. He just put out a very successful, in market sense, uh, a rock. He's a big fucking poser. Ever since he played Tommy Lee in the dirt, he thinks he's Tommy Lee. Oh. So, but these are not even A-listers, and they're talking about this kind of shit. I mean, she hasn't been relevant since Transformers, right? Right, yeah. right, right. Then she looks like a transformer. <laughs> she's been on the. What the hell did she do to herself? I don't know. I mean, I see what she's done. She's drinking blood. She's drinking blood. She's disgusting. Just want to go on record. They're all disgusting. Yes. People. I use the word people very loosely at this point. So. Well, let's get this one kicked off, shall yes. we? It's going to be a wonderful night. We have so much more to do. And, uh, and yeah, on we go. Ladies and gentlemen, share this show far and wide. You are the reason why people see it. So whether you're watching live or on demand, get that link out there and invite everybody you know, everybody you love, and have a good time. And, and, uh, and we will see you just after the opening. You tune in at your own enjoyment because it is the best show since the beginning of time. It has technological advancements and a more sophisticated approach. But like every great awakening that has preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is a friend and truth is essential. You are now entering, quite frankly. Now take off your pants. And 
jacket. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! So happy to have you with me. Got a cozy little audience that's already gathering around. We have wonderful guests in the studio, and I, I got a lot of people asking me. So I just want to say, last night's show was very, it was very, very, um, it, it was wonderful. It really was great because it dawned on me in the lead up to taking the stage, you know, just three, almost three years. Almost three years. That's a hell of a lot of cobwebs to knock off, and it just—it was great to feel the pre-show butterflies, the, the explosion during the uh, performance, and then the after buzz and the water cooler talk while you break down the equipment, and then the ache in the legs when you finally get home and in bed and you have the restless legs and all that shit, and then of course the feeling of being completely hungover the next morning, even though you didn't drink a drop of anything. But we had a lot of great friends uh, come out to the Capitol, and a lot of great friends we had that work at the Capitol, so I'm going to be taking advantage of this. For everybody that asked about whether or not we were going to stream the performance last night, we're going to book something a couple of months down the line, get some good promotion behind it, and we will design a streaming apparatus to make sure that we can bring people into the venue, no matter how many thousands of miles away you are. We'll put that into the works, and along the way, I'll, I'll let you know how that develops, but here we are tonight and having a good time. Hell. I like what uh, it was interesting, though, because, you know, on the Capitals page, they're still straight up. You need every like COVID vaccine to get in on there. It says on their thing. Right. But it was updated in February. But then if you go to the individual shows, then it's each person gets to dictate. So you guys were like, I didn't see one mask there. Well, no, there's no masks, but you got to have a, a vaccine card to get into the Capitol. It's what it says on their homepage. Oh. But each uh, act has a different protocol. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, you got, did they ask you guys or something at, the, at no. Garcia's? Because Garcia's is the same thing. No, no. In fact, w w the first thing we asked, we said, uh, we asked very explicitly. I mean, we, are, we, we won't be able to take this show because we won't know how to promote it. There cannot be any medical checks at the door. Right. And they said unequivocally no there right. is no nothing like that so if you go so i was like oh that's interesting so i was looking at the lineup of what's going on at the capitol you know and it's funny you see certain people are like no vaccine for the show it says 
no uh, vaccine is is required nothing to show to get in and other places are like other artists are like absolutely you know covid19 oh wow. vaccine card yeah on the same bill at the same venue oh okay so not on the same not okay. the same night because i was gonna say because that but would like, be ridiculous but like you know like <laughs> it's interesting you see like a lot because what's the the big draw over here is deadhead central right yeah. so phil lesh and friends you know hippie free this blah 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 he's got nine shows lined up first in, all, in october oh he just takes over he better, li- he better live forever because what the hell is going to happen to the <laughs> well, capital you have to you better go have a vaccine if you want to go see wow. him because there uh, all the drugs these people did when they were younger. And it's so funny. You see, you look at some of these people, and they're like, because that's what, then I was like playing the game. I was like, all right, let me look at this artist. <laughs> I bet you that's a vaccine. And like, yep, same thing. But Ch- Chelsea Handler's going to be there. The name of the thing is the vaccinated and horny tour. You got to yeah. be vaccinated to see her. But uh, Counting Crows, good for them. No vaccine required oh, to see okay. Counting Crows. So Sweet. And then who else was there? Uh, Ann Wilson of Heart, no vaccine required okay. to go see her. It's like, all right, good. You know, then, but then there's like, you know, all the other like, crap i'm gonna try to start getting some access for us over there yeah i know some people that work there long i've never been at the, but we see some good shows what i told i was talking to a friend of mine who does artist contracts at the at the theater and i said you know one thing i really want to do is we've got this broadcast studio not too far away from here and when i not so much the the musical act i mean if there's somebody i can make a pass at that i really like fine but you know bill burr when he sets up over there for a weekend yeah you're telling me that if somebody officially makes the connection he wouldn't spend a half hour with me you know this close to the theater to do a pre a pre show junket or something. I think he would. Yeah, that would be awesome to at least try. I saw Bill Burr over there the last time that that he was there pre all all this stuff. And I will give Bill Burr is funny. Um, you know, I think that like he's gotten a little whatever. Like you don't know how much pressure. But, but I will say this: he took the time to research Portchester and had several jokes that were topical. <laughs> And applied directly to Port Chester. That's good. Uh, was it uh, Mexican jokes? Mexicans and the, and the lightsaber building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, these, you guys used to make lightsabers over here. Uh, now you don't, and everybody's stuck in a knife fight. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> Not much. bad, Bill. You, you, you nailed the, the place pretty good. <laughs> well, speaking of Mexicans, they got uh, George Lopez coming in. Uh, Vaccine required. Yeah. Oh, well, of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. Sure. Hey, so you think about all the hoops you have to jump into to go see George Lopez talk about his Mexican grandmother. That's right. all his his thing is. He he, he just imitates his, his, uh, his grandmother and screams in Spanish, and everybody thinks it's amazing. He's been doing it for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, um, that's it. Hey, you know, let me ask you something. Um, Jay, every couple of weeks, the oldest person in the world dies. Mm. Uh, I, I think it was a couple of months ago. I think it was back in what is this? Yeah, this was a few months ago. Her name was Lola. She was the last surviving woman born in the 19th century. She died at 124 years old, and she was in the Philippines. Who knows if that's really for real? Right, right. But they've now just confirmed the oldest person in the world. She's a French nun. She's 118 years old. She loves chocolate and wine. And every time somebody hits the 100 mark, <laughs> you know that a local reporter is going to yeah. show up and say, what's your secret? Do you, do, do you think that there is, uh, is it really just everybody is different, or is there something in humanity that can be unlocked and that we could really live to hundreds of years old? Well, so those are two I feel like those are two different questions. Yes, I I think that I think that we are 
capable of living a lot longer than we do. Okay. Absolutely. I think our environment, as we sort of talked about in the pre-show, I think our environment is uh, chronically toxic. So that's it's not going to help us live any longer. A lot of times people, when they, when, when they see people living that long, they want to find, I guess this is just a human thing. We want to find the one thing that you're doing that I can do and and preferably make it really easy and simple i don't want to have to do too many you know i don't i don't have to make too many changes in order to achieve 124 years old but uh it's very rarely one thing right now on the planet the longest lived people are the people from hong kong and they also happen to be the highest per capita meat um consumers on the planet so that sort of puts the dagger in the heart of red meat is going to kill you early Mm. um it's, it's not necessarily going to make you live longer but it's certainly not going to kill you early because that reverse um correlation so there isn't one factor but i do think that if we clean up our nutrition if we clean up our sort of personal environment in terms of you know the foods the water the air um oh man we can live a hell of a lot longer and i'll tell you we can live a hell of a lot longer without chronic disease dogging us the entire way way too many people think that those types of aches and pains are just part of aging i can't tell you how many people tell me well this is just what happens when you get older and and i want to say no this is just what is happening when you're getting older mm. it, it, it's not inevitable um and it's absolutely reversible in my opinion mm. absolutely i think it's just toxicity that's what it break, breaks down to your level of toxicity and then that, and that's what's going on so that's you know when you just mentioned there about the air like bigger picture things i find it very comforting that you can take the time you can read you can you can sit down with with uh, people like you you can even i mean uh, rob rob ha- rob uh put himself on that uh the, uh, the the cleansing routine uh, months ago that's just through his own w- research he sure. didn't even sit down with a uh, w- with someone like you but it, and, and it worked out and uh, and you find all these things and you start unlocking all this knowledge along the way and that's stuff that I am encouraged to 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 understand you can do that for yourself what the hell's being shot up into the air what we're <laughs> breathing in that, like the, the, there's it's like what are we supposed to do live in a bubble you know <laughs> ideally. <laughs> ideally the earth was supposed to be our bubble <laughs> that's true that's true well we've ruined that so let's yeah i mean um you're right and and i, and I think you know to your point you know uh, rob looking this stuff up on his own you know i, I often tell people you know i I think one of my favorite Einstein quotes is that, you know, I, I have no special talents, but I'm just passionately curious, right? So I, I wasn't born with this knowledge. So when I hear people like, uh, I heard a clip of Don Lemon the other day, I'm sorry, <laughs> but but he said something like, I can't possibly do research the way the, the experts do, so I just defer everything to them. And I'm like, good luck with that. You know, the fact is you can. You are far more capable than anyone tells you you are. Um, and sometimes it just has to make sense to you. Right? Like when Rob stumbled upon the things that he stumbled upon, I'm sure that, and he's in the room so I can ask him, I'm sure that you thought that it was just, oh, well, this, this makes sense. Let me try it. Oh, maybe this works. Maybe this doesn't work. And you start to fine tune. There is nothing wrong with that. And in fact, I think we have to take control of our health in that way. You're not always going to be right the first time, but we reserve the right to fail because mm-hmm. once we fail, we figure out, you know, a little bit finer of what the path actually is for us. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely true. That's what it was. I mean, the, the sea salt... I mean, medical will tell you, you know, you will die, you will dehydrate. And then we were just talking before where you were talking with the iodine and then sea salt with that as well. Right. And what the sea salt does for you as far as, you know, cleaning the lymph, cleaning the body, and then it helps you detox. 
and uh, you know that and uh, Bet Night Clay as well is what we were talking about before. For me personally, I found those phenomenal. I'll tell you, every once in a while, you know, you get those tension headaches. You think that you're a little bit dehydrated when you're a little dehydrated. Um, now, if I start feeling like, ah, oh, God, I got like my head's in a vice, I, I will throw a, I'll, I'll throw some sea salt into a glass of water, tall glass of water, and I will down that thing, and I, I'm, I'm feeling better in almost no time. I'm just start, I'm just start looking at everything from uh, mineral deficiencies and right. thing, and I just, I just do that now. So I have a completely different take. You know, what salt used to just be. I don't know. You go get the Mortons when you find a slug on the, on the, on the <laughs> it's sidewalk. Just a, it's right. a seasoning, right? That's all it is. It's yeah. just a seasoning to make something taste better. No, you're absolutely right. Those, those minerals, I mean, sodium is, is essential. Without it, you die. And so, and again, we're differentiating between a sea salt, a full mineral spectrum sea salt, mm -hmm. and something like a, you know, or a fine table salt. But no, absolutely. Right. Um, that's one of the first things I do. S uh, salt, minerals are actually what hydrate you. If you just drink mm -hmm. straight water and you're just pouring that in, you're actually going to be flushing out minerals in the long run. Exactly. So hydration is not from, really from water. It's actually from the minerals, which is a little bit controversial to some people who, Right. Well, know. the doctors, I mean, I have clients too that, you know, like, well, what? And they'll, they'll ask, and I know never to push anything. And I always say, listen, this is contrary to what you're going to think, but you know the the sea salt was gonna, it's going to hydrate you, yeah. And that you know your problem is is you're dehydrated, right? And it's like sea salt, uh, what that that dehydrates you, and it's like no. And it, what's interesting too, I remember in high school, football coach used to say, "Well, we're not allowed to to do this anyway." It was during uh, we called it Hell Week, so it was like two a days before you know the school starts, right? So you you're you know you're in the middle of August. And you're practicing, oh, yeah. you know, six hours a day. You're dying, right? You're just going under the hose and everything. And he's like, you know, well, it always stuck with me too. He's like, you know, in my day, uh, we would have salt and we would take salt with this. He's like, I'm not allowed to tell you guys that anymore, though. But Man. like, giving us the hint, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now at the time, I was like, the hell out of here, salt. I'm dying of thirst already. <laughs> right? What do you think? But it's true, and it's just exactly what you said. Well, especially when you, like, uh, for example, we were talking about this. I think the last time, I, I'm not a, I'm not in particularly. Uh, every once in a while, when the, the World Cup is on, I'll watch soccer. You know, especially when things get you know high stakes, and we know you know who's playing for what. But I'm not a soccer fan. But whenever I do watch it, I'm wa and, and I know I can, I'm paying attention to the time and it's getting close to you know 90 minutes and these guys have been running non-stop and that's usually around the time that you start seeing everybody dropping with these spasms right. you know I mean no matter how conditioned you are you are just flesh and bone eventually the cramps are going to start up and, uh, it, and and you think about that and I just start thinking about people with Charlie horse problems that aren't athletes and it's usually these mag the magnesium potassium those types of yeah. those types of cures something as simple as some you know i mean obviously when you're you're in the in a game time situation you need a quick fix so it's either a sub or you know iv or whatever the hell else but for anybody else a little bit of little bit of sea salt or anything right. else like that that's becoming more and more of a practical use thing for me and before this before you know talking with people like you a little bit more the whole idea of salt was watch your blood pressure. Right. That's all we would get for anybody. I mean, I actually find it the opposite. There is a very small subset of people that are salt sensitive. And you know if you are. You know, if, you're, if, if you consume even small amounts of salt, you can actually feel the difference. That is a very, very, very rare thing and a very small 
percentage of the population. Most people I find are salt deficient because why? Because of the messaging. Yep. Salt is dangerous. Salt will raise your blood pressure. Um, you know, I, I, I check my blood pressure all the time. I also check my kidney function whenever I get blood work. Trust me, I, I, I take more salt than your average person uh, because I'm in, incredibly active. I start my day with a half a teaspoon of salt in a 15 ounce glass of water. And um, mm -hmm. my blood pressure is actually sometimes it's it's a little bit lower than I would like. So, um, yeah, that correlation is, is, is interesting. And I find that a lot of people who, again, go on those low-salt diets end up having trouble with high blood pressure. But it's all about those minerals. And you can carry a little – I carry <laughs> – it's, maybe it's TMI. I carry a, little, a small little vial of, of uh, Redmond Real Salt in my bag. I take it wherever I go. And I'll, that's the first thing I'll do if I have a leg cramp at night or ha you know, have a restless leg episode. It's the first thing I'll do. Put a little bit on the tongue, swish it back, and 90% of the time, that's the problem. Well, speaking of messaging, last time we were together, we went through meat, we went through salt, we went through a few other things. Here, here it is again. Now, I don't know if this gets around to just protein products or most people. Here, here you go. Here's the, here's the headline from Study Finds. High-protein diets may decrease testosterone le levels in men, leading to erectile dysfunction, fertility struggles. Nope. Um, so, nope. <laughs> I mean, most people eat about 17% protein in the high-protein diets, which cause testosterone. We're all above 35%, which is very, very high. So for the average person, there's nothing to worry about. However, for people on high-protein diets, they should limit protein to no more than 25%. Go ahead. Well, I mean, you guys think? Pr protein tends to be self-limiting. So it's actually really hard to consume a ton of protein because it's so satiating. Mm -hmm. Tr try it sometime. Try right. sitting down with a meal that has nothing but steak or chicken or something like that. Eventually, protein will shut you off. Actually, throughout the course of history, carbohydrates and fats tend to fluctuate within populations depending on what they have available. Protein, unbelievably, tends to be very, very stable. And even over the course, I think I, I saw some... Um, statistics recently from the Nutrition Coalition that showed our protein intake in America has been relatively consistent since the 70s. So I'm not quite, and I don't know the connection that they're talking about to testosterone, because again, when you're just labeling something protein, there's a difference between, are we talking soy protein, are we right. talking animal protein? If you're talking animal protein, it absolutely does not lower testosterone. If you're talking soy protein, which they're telling you is the viable alternative, well, Maybe if you know, may, maybe that's the problem. But I would have to read a little bit deeper into what they're talking about. But on the surface, to me, it seems like whatever they're recommending, you should probably run in the other direction. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> protein and fat are good for you. Absolutely, yeah. they're yeah. essential. Yeah. They're essential nutrients, well, essential absolutely. fatty acids, essential amino acids. There's, yeah. there's, no, there's no debate. And even for supplementation, I've been told I have been told this by a number of fitness professionals and health professionals since I was in high school. The stupidest thing about all of these isopure or other protein products where it's like 50 grams per serving, he's, they also, you know, the stupid thing about this is that your body, you know, after about 23, 24 grams of serving, you're pissing the rest away. Yeah. The, the absorption rate is not even possible. So, you know, I don't, uh, I don't even see how, you know, how high could be, uh, I, I, just, I just don't know. Yeah, so there's some debate as to... So that's a little bit nuanced in terms of 
if you're trying to trigger, mus uh, trigger muscle protein synthesis, the, there's a, something called the leucine threshold. So that's around 25 to 30 grams. Leucine is the branch chain amino acid that triggers muscle protein synthesis. Mm -hmm. And so in about 25 to 30 grams of a complete protein, you'll hit the two to three grams of leucine necessary for muscle protein synthesis. Now that doesn't mean that the rest of the protein is wasted. It will go into the amino acid pool. It will go into other areas. But if you're just talking about muscle building, I always tell people, just make sure your meal at least consists of say 30 grams to be, to be safe. So you want to, if you're going to sit down and eat, you're going to have a meal, make sure that it has at least 30 grams of protein. That's just a good rule of thumb to keep, you know, to keep lean mass up. Um, and I'm always thinking about the long-term intake. So I'm thinking about protein intake over the course of a day, a week, a month, not necessarily as important to think about it. You know, sometimes I under eat protein, sometimes I overeat protein. It just depends on what I'm cooking for that day. So um, it's a little bit nuanced, but I, again, if you're thinking in terms of muscle protein synthesis, you want to try to aim for 25 to 30 grams at every meal. Well, if you want to know why the messaging, why the messaging is the way it is, I mean, I, I know you guys do know, but here it is again. 3D printed steak could help us reduce meat consumption. This is from the World Economic Forum. Our favorite people. <laughs> Guess who? We're only looking out for you, Frank. Guess uh. who, ladies and gentlemen? 3D printed steak. <clears throat> yeah, it, it looks like it looks like a marble. It looks like a, like a marble it's like loaf. Bread, yeah, you know. Yeah, I um. It's it's hard. Every year, billions of animals are raised and slaughtered for food. The, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, all, all right. So what? Yeah, I mean, this uh, has been going on since the beginning of time. This right. uses <laughs> this uses huge amounts of water and energy. Some experts believe alternatives could be better for people and the environment. Some experts. Yes. Yeah. All, all the people <laughs> who experts. are going. Yeah, the people who are going to continue eating whatever meats they want, including humans. It's just more of the same idea of the natural processes of life. They're trying to say are are wrong and need to be edited and revised, and inserting the the you know they're inserting a solution to to what just works naturally. Well, the intro to your show, Frank. Right. It's it's not about food, <laughs> right. It's about keeping those ants in line. And that's really, that's really what this comes down to. And you can look at quotes from, again, the World Economic Forum who say, you will eat much less red meat, an occasional treat, not a staple for the good of the environment and our health. Bill Gates, in a 2021 MIT technology review said, uh, I'm afraid that synthetic protein alternatives like plant-based burgers will be required. Required. He's afraid to tell us that, by the way. Right, yeah. I mean, think about that word, required. And then you've got this. So, so this is what I think the answer to this, to, to this whole thing is. There's a doctor, Sarah Martin. She wrote a book called Green Meat. It, so that gives you an idea of where she's coming from. She did a talk in Ottawa recently called The Future of Protein Conference. And she said this. Market, controls, market control is why there is an interest in lab-grown meat. Control of supply chains is the ultimate goal of intellectual property. So that's what this is about, right? The similarities are, it's always under the guise of it's better for you, it's better for the animals, and it's better for the planet. But what's the, the common denominator is that it always ends with centralization, control of the food supply. Henry Kissinger said it best, right? You control oil, you control nations, you control food, you control people. And water. Right. Yeah. Right. We were talking about that before, too. Uh, Rob, you mentioned California. Right. Arizona has started uh, with the, the same thing about water shortages and all that. Uh, I mean, for, for everybody out there who pays attention to them, I, I know it, those Bond films, they, they really are a remarkable <laughs> revelation of the Method movies. And I think that one of the least, the, the least popular of all the da Daniel Craig films was The Quantum of Solace. But that really 
boiled down on how the capturing of primary water sources was the new oil. You know, uh, remember the guy from Nestle? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yes. We could just own water. That's pretty much what we're talking about here. And then uh, food shortages. We know throughout history these shortages, whether it be energy crises, all that. That it's very easy to make this. Uh, to, to to produce this this kind of a a um, a crisis for people well, to deal with. But we see it happening now, just in the past week. Yeah, uh, he, he, it's beyond even the fires. We'll get to the fires in a second. Take a look at this. I mean, remember these these articles? U.S. egg mm. factory roasts 5.3 million chickens in avian flu cull, and uh, then fires almost every worker out there. Uh, of course, we know about the FBI warning that the cy- that now there, there's targeted cyber attacks coming on food plants uh, right around the time that everybody starts putting together this ridiculous pattern of uh, of torchings across the country. Right, it's insane. It, it, it all it all ends in the same you know in the same place. Like Rob was saying earlier, anything that you can. They want to tell you that it's bad for the for the environment and bad for you, right? So that you you don't go and have chickens and you don't go and raise, you know grow your own food mm-hmm. it's all about again the control of the food supply because then you know you control the people i i don't know how much more obvious it needs to be i mean perhaps you know people have to end up in food lines to understand that they need to start getting i tell people all the time at least 50 percent of your food needs to come in some bulletproof form you know against a supply chain issue because we already saw that at the beginning of of 2020 mm. right I mean, there mm-hmm. were food lines in some states in this country. And so, and, and I, I went to supermarkets in this area that, that I saw, wow, the, 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 the shelves are a bit bare right now. So to think that that wasn't a dry run or that it couldn't happen again is, again, to just deny recent history even. Mm-hmm. So you need to find ways, whether it's grow your own food, make friends with farmers. Look, I lived, when I worked in Union Square in the city, I walked over to the Union Square Farmer's Market all the time. The Hudson River Valley farmers would bring down, I would buy sauerkraut, I would buy meat, I would buy dairy, all from those farmers. You can do it living in the city. You're not going to be able to grow and have cattle if you live in the city, but you can, you can utilize those farms. You can, you can buy from them. That helps them stay in business, but it also secures your place if anything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's about to go wrong. Mm-hmm. I know, well, it's, I think it's, it's going to go w- wrong, wrongest for the people <laughs> in the city. Right. Uh, I was just uh, I, half joking with a farmer that Rob and I both know. And I, I told him, I said, hey, listen, Ed, um, you know, these, the supply chains really do uh, break down really hard. Just, just remember the people who have been giving you, <laughs> giving you business for the, for the, uh, the long haul here. Save a couple of dozen eggs for me and the family uh, because, holy hell, there's still – I always shake my head, and, and every once in a while i got to go do it too. But when, whenever there is, a, whenever there is a, a big storm coming to town and you see lines out the door at CVS because they just want to make sure that they have one thing or another, a package of water, right. like, oh, man. That Just is always the hardest thing to see. Minimal prepping. You don't need to go crazy. You know, I mean, if you want to go crazy, that's fine. But minimal prepping, there's nothing wrong with that. All you'll end up with is a little bit of extra food that you can just eat down the line. Get a, yeah. get a freezer full of, full of meat, meat, you know, frozen meat. Nothing better than that. If you, if, you know, you can survive on something like meat and eggs for a very, very, very long time. 
Mm-hmm. So that's my suggestion to everybody. I've been saying it for well before 2020. I've been trying to get people to at least get half their food from a local farm. Again, I, I, I um, utilize two farms, two Amish farms in Pennsylvania, and they deliver out here. So they just drive it out. I go pick it up at a house, and it's fantastic. Is there a, is there a minimum for that? Because the, the one farm, that, the one Amish farm I had found, I had sent you the link for it. Uh, they have like a $50 minimum. And every once in a while, it's just like I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't need fifty dollars worth of food, but I did want to get a couple of things of raw milk and whatever. And I mean, the ones that I use don't have a minimum, but but it's not too hard to hit the fifty. Although again, the two that I use don't have it. So once you pay on the the two that I'm talking about, you pay a lifetime membership fee of like thirty dollars, and then you just you can even just buy, you know, a dozen eggs or a quart of raw goat kefir, you know, whatever you want. Uh, but yeah, no, there's no minimums there, and and those. Those farms are, generally speaking, when, 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 again, other places were experiencing shortages, they had no problems. Hmm. I was right. able to get whatever I wanted. You know, I mean, they're obviously going to be contingent on the natural life cycle of animals. And if they don't have, you know, for a while they didn't have any sheep dairy because, well, I guess they just weren't milking the sheep at the time. But we can deal with those kinds of shortages. What we can't deal with is relying on the processed food industry to continue. You know, food doesn't come from the supermarket. I try to remind people of that. <laughs> That's not where food comes from. But it's going to be a very rude awakening for a lot of people who don't have any idea where else you can get food. And that's kind of the whole idea of what I do and, you know, try to provide resources for people because it's going to become very important very soon. Oh, and there's changes. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard about shrinkflation and stuff. Yeah, right. Dude, uh, Lauren went out maybe about a month or so ago and just brought back a couple of cans of tuna fish to keep in the, uh, in the house. And I cracked open a, a can of, it might have been, I don't know, chicken of the sea or one one, one of the, the 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 very popular brands this shit looks like first of all there's definitely less of it in there but it looks like just mush it looks like dog food now dude seriously yeah, yo there's, not, there, no i said no there's 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 something something here yeah. going on uh, and and there's a lot of that going on um and and you see a lot of different types of generic brands coming into uh, stores you never saw before because they're pulling from stockpiles that sh- they never had to do because there's a lot more readily available to them yeah. and nobody's immune the the big bezos whole foods nobody's Im- immune yeah i know but it was kind of what we were speaking about before um you know we started tonight but it was, it's really ultimately this is going to be a good thing because it's unfortunate because you know people are going to lose their minds because this this supply chain thing is real and if you don't think it's orchestrated come on so what's going to happen sure maybe mad max right there's, there's that possibility of collapse of civilization eating your pets right right <laughs> or or what'll happen is that people are going to be forced and like you were saying kicking and screaming going to be forced into a more local and natural way of eating and, and feeding themselves. Like uh, the best thing is right down the street over here at the one farm, they sell, you know, just some fruits and vegetables, but they have chickens there. Yeah. And all year round, I, you could get eggs. So they're not even open, but the guy goes there uh, three days a week for, for three hours at a clip and sells eggs. Mm. And it, I, I went the other day and it was, it was the woman there, right? And she's like, they, they, these, these literally these eggs we just put them in the in the carton like right now so you cannot get fresher eggs that sounds tremendous oh yeah and you could taste the difference 
and I you eat them raw. You can see the difference in the, in <laughs> yeah. the yolks, too. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. And I eat them raw, so I'm telling you. Yeah. like A lot of the yolks that come out, this fiery orange. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's it's totally different. I mean, that's how you know. And and, a, and if you're talking truly, you know, natural pastured chickens, the yolks should vary from egg to egg because, you know, it, it's it's all based on what they're eating, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, if you know, if their feed is a little bit different, you know, you, you always know if you're getting sort of homogenized eggs when you go to the, ga- if you've got like gas station eggs, it's like someone right. painted the yolks. They're all the exact same color. Yep. And that's how you know they're getting an industrial feed. Real eggs from a farm, they all look different. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're even different sizes, you know. Um, but that's the thing. People don't like that. That's considered a negative because we're so used to, again, an industrial you know food system and i think that the two biggest commodities that we're talking about uh, that that have been in the news wheat and sunflower oil those are the two biggest commodities that seem to be having you know that's what people seem to be panicking the most about so yeah i mean i know it's a little bit controversial to say that maybe people will be better off because those form the basis of processed foods mm-hmm. so the first foods that are going to go are going to be the processed foods and they're going to be the foods that people have been told all along are healthy because they've got the box of Cheerios says it lowers your cholesterol and it's got a heart healthy stamp on it. But guess what, my friends, it is not the healthiest thing. I don't care what Harvard tells you. It, you know, so, so in some ways, again, yeah, kicking and screaming, people may be forced into a situation where they're supporting local farmers and they're actually, you know, if this is engineered, right, look at it this way, you could, this could backfire. You could actually be unintentionally creating a robust and healthy population well, uh, in the end. <laughs> I think that it's what we were saying before is that this is engineered, and I think that it's engineered for, as we've been talking about tonight, for what? Control, right? And those that are of that mentality of willing f- to give their power away and just really love being controlled, the, the shit is going to hit the fan. For sure. Yeah. However, you know, this other segment of the population, probably everyone listening to this show and <laughs> us in this room. Sitting at home and eating a steak right now. Right. Are going to <laughs> going to find a way. And it's going to be, um, you know, going to bring us more towards that naturalness mm-hmm. is what we need. So the, this stuff with the, the food is disgusting. And it's, I, I am convinced in, in, in all the years of just being physical and, and then now really trying to get into health it it's just toxicity is what it is our bodies are meant to function and they're meant to function on a a, a level and i think there's more and more to unlock Mm -hmm. to go but even just where we are now that they're meant to be healthy they're incredible machines you just have to have the right conditions so when you look up and you see that like the the mineralization crap factory farming all of this the shit they're spraying in the skies the 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 toxic uh, just emotions that are displayed 24/7. Even, uh, even when you turn on the the TV and and it's shit news. Can't even call it news. It's just shit. But the the scrolls on the bottom of the yeah. screen, the flashes, everything going. It's it's pollution. It's toxic. Yeah, yeah you, you know they talk about light pollution and why uh, why it's so bad. And one of the the worst things that it does for especially the the natives of the area is that they are they're deprived of a uh, a connection with the night sky yep you can't see the stars you can't see that shit i, I mean, mean television is is intellectual light pollution yeah <laughs> it's it's huge i mean you can't see you don't know your ass from your elbow if you if you consume that for a few hours a day 
Um, we know I knew I knew about the wheat the wheat shortages. I mean that's a huge part of the whole Russia Ukraine narrative right now as to why things are so bad in the United States. And I understand that thirty percent of 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 wheat is thirty percent of anything is a gigantic gigantic number especially when it translates to economic the economics of the of the situation but i didn't hear about the sunflower oil thing what is is that a ukrainian uh, product too it's produced mostly out of ukraine and russia yeah i didn't and, know that and, and we won't feel you know and again sunflower oil is is toxic garbage you don't want it anyway but again people don't realize how much it's in everything they eat Everything. Everything. Turn over the package. I don't. If you don't cook with it, that's fantastic. But I've had hundreds of clients now over the years tell me, oh, I don't cook with that stuff. And then I say, well, then turn over all your packages in your pantry. And they go, oh, wow. It's everywhere. Okay. If you can, if you, if you can put together off the top of your head a top three or a top five things that if you see it on the back of a box <laughs> in the nutrition label, run for the hills. Everybody, I mean, because the the tricky thing is that when people get used to the way that a you know MGM or or, or uh, 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 what what uh, MSG or uh, any other kind of um, corn syrup yeah. is labeled every five years, they they call it something different, yeah. and it's the same thing. But they change it because people get wise to what it is. Sure. So that's the other thing that we're working against here, too. But what, as of right now in 2022, should you run to the hills? Just spout some things off. I mean, I have to go through the, I mean, I, honestly, I have to go through the seed oils. So I would say anything, canola oil, soybean oil, safflower oil, sunflower oil, those are the ones. And you'll find them in just about everything. Canola um, oil, bad. Yeah. Which oil is the best thing to work with? You want to stick with either, it's going to be coconut oil olive oil or avocado okay those are the only oils i mean you know not counting butter i don't you know consider that an oil so those are the only fats that i would ever use generally speaking avocado oil is like a dressing olive oil also a dressing i'll cook in either butter or coconut oil okay um and you'll find you you'll very quickly realize if you stop buying foods that have seed oils your kitchen's going to look very different you know what i'm saying i mean it is um Ubiquitous is a, is a is a polite way of putting it. I mean, it's just they're just everywhere, and you know, I, I won't go through the biochemistry of why they're bad, but on a mitochondrial level, they're dangerous. Mm. They cause you're a personal trainer, so you know ATP, adenosine triphosphate, right? Right, the the energy currency of the cell. They cause a decrease essentially by by corrupting the inner mitochondrial membrane. They they create mm -hmm. a an issue with the proton gradient and essentially what it leads to is a less ATP production, dysfunctional and dying cells. So you have less energy to, in store to exactly. even use. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then eventually the cells essentially starve to death and they die. And that's so, what, so that's a huge, if this is in, in, in so much as you're saying in, in the average kitchen, there is no wonder why people are just feeling just more so fatigued than they did when they were younger, but they'll blame it on their age. Right. <laughs> they also tend to lead to, because they're higher in omega-6, they tend to lead to inflammation. So mm -hmm. people who experience a lot of joint pain, fatigue, these are the kinds of things that if I see this in their diet, and again, you know, everything is multifactorial. We don't live in a bubble. We don't live in a vacuum. I don't ever attribute, you know, okay, this is the one cause. Once we get rid of this, it's, but I cannot tell you how many people have improved their mobility, their lives in general, energy levels, just by removing that. That is far more dangerous than sugar. Sugar, for some people, is, is highly problematic, especially in diabetic physiology. But the body at least knows what to do with sugar, 
which is a molecule of fructose and a molecule of glucose. It knows what to do with them. It has pathways to metabolize them. In too high amounts, yeah, they're going to be a problem. But these industrial seed oils are man-made creations. So I have a bias, and I'll tell everybody up front, man-made foods are guilty until proven innocent, right? I always get the opposite. People say, well, there's no studies that show that this is okay. That's fine. I have a lot of mechanistic data that I can point to. And guess what? Again, man-made foods, to me, are guilty until proven innocent. So that's where you have to start. But just by removing those alone, you see a huge uptick in, in energy levels, even in, in, in cognition. I, I, again, I have hundreds of people I've worked with, and that's one of the first things I do. Clean out that pantry, get rid of those seed oils. Um, and you know how else you know that this is something? There was an article in Vice recently that compared Bitcoin conspiracy theorists to this new breed of health alternative health nut who are who are against industrial seed oils mm -hmm. this was a bizarre article wow. I, I was going to write a post on it but it was so bizarre i didn't know what angle to take <laughs> right <laughs> but they, they were, that's, that's a common problem i, I have <laughs> i was trying to figure out how you're comparing people who want to explore alternative forms of currency to people who believe that seed oils are bad for your health, which again, objectively, I can, I can give you the mechanism of action with this. I just explained it to you, but like we can go deep into the biochemistry weeds. And this writer was just, again, just, you know, sort of passing it off as conspiracy theory. And I just, I had to laugh. The article is actually, if you want a good comedy routine, it was actually, you know, it was, it was kind of funny, but <laughs> bizarre that those correlations are being drawn. So again, whenever they are pointing out to you that you shouldn't be worried about these things, the first thing I do is start to worry about those things. <laughs> so, And I've seen uh, even another article, same thing that likened it to uh, those that are pursuing this like natural diet to uh, right-wing ideology. Yes, I've seen that too. And it's like, well, wait, what? Wow. They so love and they love to be healthy. Why not? I, I guess nobody's talking politics, man. <laughs> and they love right. Of course, they have to interject that. Yeah. But they also talk about alternative. You know, like I'm often considered, despite the fact that you know I have a master's degree and that you know I'm a clinical nutritionist. No, I'm an alternative healthcare practitioner. Why? Because I I practice things that are not in the scope of Western medicine. And and to that I will say this: that by the year 2030, which is right around the corner, in America, adults are predicted to have 50% obesity rates. 50% of America. So not only is that unsustainable from a financial perspective, but just think about if the grid actually went down and, and we all had to fend for ourselves. Just from a, uh, from a perspective of utility, right. being obese is not, you are going to be the first to die mm -hmm. in nature. Okay? So it's bad all around. And now you're telling me that I'm an alternative health practitioner. So then I would say, well, if your 50% obesity rate in the year 2030 is mainstream, then I'm happy to be called an alternative health practitioner. Alternative to what? What we have is out-of-control disease rates. I mean, that, that is the problem in our society. We, are, we have become weak physically, and of course now you know, we're also becoming weak emotionally. You know, the snowflake culture can't handle anything. Mm -hmm. um, but I just think that's funny when they use that word because I wear those terms, alternative health practitioner, I, I wear those terms as a badge of honor. Well, it, I, at this point, it's actually getting easier to be you because, <laughs> you know, about 10 to, 10 to 15, 20 years ago, you, you probably had to walk a little bit more waist deep in the sewage. But, I mean, the, the reality is going to validate you more and more as you said we're right around the corner to a lot of these things it's not even just that i never heard about the i know that the obesity rate was bad but one in two is is holy shit uh we we but me and i don't know how many times that um me and rob uh, have have gone through these these articles that come out to talk about 
well over 25% of the youth being unable to serve in the military because they wouldn't be able to take the, the uh, uh, pass the basic tests, or they are also uh, like 30%, 30% plus in into that obesity uh, area. Uh, then we start getting into the the subcategories of mental illness. Sure. And holy, holy shit. <laughs> Almost like they're connected. Yeah, it's like it's all connected. I mean, <laughs> so, so you mean to tell me it's a system? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me write that down. No, I mean, tell, <laughs> listen, the, if we're going to talk about war, and we, we were talking about unconventional war the other day, how uh, you have these people, I said, it's so incredible how we're all being told, watch Ukraine and Russia out there. Oh, pray for Ukraine, pray for Ukraine, that this doesn't turn into World War III. Meanwhile, as we're all you know <laughs> eating our popcorn, our, our food distribution and processing plants <laughs> are getting bombed all around us. Yeah. Our southern border is horrendous. I mean, listen, yeah. it's always been bad. But what's happening right now it's it's it really is i mean we are, this is so much worse than world war anything right. um but it's it just doesn't look the same it's completely unconventional and how we have been defeated it wasn't a red dawn situation we don't have an, an uh, armies at every border looking to you know the this pincer move to come and get uh, americans we've been torn apart environmentally uh, 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 physically, uh, nutritionally, we have been completely destroyed through everything other than cannons. Yeah. And these things take time to manifest, right? I mean, the border crisis is going to take time to manifest. The health crisis, it's taken time. This is not, we didn't become obese and diabetic overnight. At one point, type 2 diabetes was called adult onset diabetes, but they had to change the name because children were becoming afflicted. Yeah. So, I mean, we are normalizing, and now you see the, you know, gracing the cover of Cosmopolitan and other magazines, the sort of thing that, you know, only, I don't know if it's right wing, but it's, it's uh, only a certain subset of the population would, 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 you know, it's now fat shaming for me to call somebody clinically obese. No, right. I'm talking from a clinical perspective. What's going on in your body metabolically is going to lead to disease. It is my duty, actually, to inform you of this, but now... Because again, like I said, psychologically, people can't handle that. Now you could be a Victoria's Secret angel. <laughs> right. And so, I mean, we are normalizing things that cannot be normalized. Cannot. Mm -hmm. If we are to have a future as a society. But again, you know, we, we, want, to, uh, we want to couch it under all kinds of terms. And, and, you know, we use the environment as one of the best ways to trick people into, into stop, you know, to consuming fake foods that are what? patented just like medicines mm -hmm. right the human body is not meant to consume these unnatural things yet we have been convinced that they're the only way to have a sustainable future and i i vehemently disagree i think that's um i think that's you know part and parcel to the control element that we've been talking about well let's take a really quick break when we come back i want to take some i want to take some calls if we can but i have uh, tons of time here for some super chats a few other articles i think that would be really interesting this is uh just as good as i thought it would be we'll be back with rob and jay gulanello don't go anywhere Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. 
Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. Ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of time that we have to uh, to go into your super chats, and maybe maybe if we have some time after that, to take some calls. I haven't been able to do that the last, I mean, I guess the first two or three times that Jay's been on because there's just so much to go through. But I would uh, I'd love to see where this all goes. All right, let's let's start off on the tip is stream. Tip is stream. Stow stoop. Wait, here we go. Was that today? No. That was from two days ago. All right, so nothing on the tip of stream just yet. We'll get around to, uh, we'll go over to the Rumble. Everybody's hanging out there, having a good time. And Unpilled, <clears throat> Boyce Blancs is, frankly, it's a cookie fight. So everybody's throwing each other cookies and all that <laughs> stuff. And there you have it. Sean Joe, thank you. Cautious Observer, put this towards your live streaming apparatus. Give us a show or else we riot. Don't worry. We will get, we will get live streaming music down. 100%. Getting close, says Zoso, dude. Frank joins me 6 p.m. Pacific time this Sunday evening on the Mystery Ship. I can't wait to hang out with him. Nice. That'll be very nice. And Carrie Lake, thank you so much, Carrie Lake. You know, I wanted to ask you, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, Jay, and I, I think that, I'm, I know that Rob has, uh, has certainly noticed this as well, but in the last couple of weeks, there has now been a lot of reporting on uh, mysterious hepatitis outbreaks for children under 10. Mm. Uh, obviously, autoimmune in nature. Nobody really understands why. There's, there's, of course, obviously, once again, no uh, subcategory of information on whether or not these children have been vaccinated or had taken part in any other kind of openly conducted medical experiments on the population. Uh, so what do you? Th any uh, any thoughts on this? Other than the fact that autoimmune diseases in general are absolutely out of control, 
And are we on YouTube? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, l let me just say then that in my I'm gonna I'm gonna tread lightly. In my experience, in my personal experience at the hospital before I was released, relieved from duty, um, I had some clients who I know, again, my clients directly impacted by said gene therapy develop spontaneous autoimmune disease um, with no history. Now, I have all their blood work. I ha you know, I've been working with them for years. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, they have an autoimmune disease to the point where the doctors were actually starting to admit, yeah, this is probably, you know, related. So I haven't looked into the hepatitis thing. I, I, I it just hasn't come across um, my desk yet, but um, it would not be out of the realm of possibility because I've seen it in other autoimmune, I've seen this manifest in other autoimmune diseases. But again, we're swimming in a sea of toxicity and gut health is one of the first things I think of when I think of autoimmunity. And, you know, we were talking earlier about glyphosate, the, the herbicide, and that is known to be a, um, a contributor to um, gut dysbiosis. So um, without looking at their labs, you know, we would have no way of knowing. Can you you broke down a little bit of what uh, these, these seed oils do on a mitochondrial level. Um, talk a little bit about glyphosate because I see people in the chat room bringing it up all the time. I've had callers who have made very, uh, very compelling um, uh, statements about what glyphosate does and how it's used and how it's in everything. So it's very hard. It's very hard for people, especially if they're not looking into it, to avoid it. What, what is? What are the effects and how does it actually work? So it's, you know, it's not acutely toxic, which makes it even more dangerous because you're consuming it pretty much in everything. Now, I'm somebody who avoids these kinds of foods, you know, genetic, but it's not just genetically modified foods, right? Because we don't live in a bubble. So if you're spraying glyphosate on a field, if, it, if that field that is using glyphosate is right next to an organic field, well, guess what? That organic crop is going to be sprayed with glyphosate. So there's there's little you can do to avoid it other than living on another planet, right? So you got to test yourself. You got to test your urine, even test your water for glyphosate. Um, but what it does? So originally its application was it's it's a chelator, and you can think of that as like a magnet. So essentially it attracts plus two cations like uh, magnesium, calcium, manganese, iron, any of these minerals. And once it holds on to them, it doesn't let go. So that's one of its mechanisms of action. That's it was originally used to clean out pipes the other thing it does and, and and maybe this is even more important in terms of the gut microbiome is that it interrupts a pathway that humans don't have so that's how they're able to say that it doesn't directly cause harm to humans right glyphosate is safe and effective it doesn't cause harm to humans because humans you gotta love that phrase um it disrupts a pathway called the shikimate pathway. This pathway exists in plants. It, it exists in bacteria. And it's essentially, it's an aromatic amino acid synthesis pathway. And so it synthesizes amino acids like phenylalanine, tyrosine, tryptophan. So you can see maybe how this may manifest, right? Tryptophan is also a precursor to serotonin. It's a precursor to melatonin. Uh, tyrosine is a precursor to all the catecholamines like norepinephrine, epinephrine. It's also the precursor to thyroid hormone. So if we are manipulating the ability of our gut bacteria to synthesize these amino acids that we then use as a host because we are the host to this microbiome then you can see again the downstream consequences but because it's not directly toxic to humans because humans don't possess this pathway that is literally how this has been able to be sprayed i think i yeah between 1974 and now in the united states 1.6 billion kilograms have been sprayed across this country 1.6 billion kilograms, and it can persist in the store in the soil for up to 20 years. Wow, that's one hell of a shelf life. So, 
or this half-life. Is, this is a very serious problem, yeah. And uh, it, it has a lot of other, you know, mitochondrial dysfunction is just one of the other issues because I said it, it attracts manganese. Well, you know, manganese is part of the antioxidant system in the mitochondria. So now you're depleting vital minerals for your own body's endogenous antioxidant defense system. So you combine seed oils, which interrupt ATP production in the mitochondria, with the inability of manganese to incorporate into manganese superoxide dismutase, which is the antioxidant system of the mitochondria. So now you're hitting the mitochondria from both both angles. And if the mitochondria are sort of the, that's one of the prevailing theories on aging, if mitochondria are that important, hmm. you can see how glyphosate and seed oils uniquely combine to essentially poison the mitochondria. And, and of course, when you keep in mind, as you just said, the amazing rates of autoimmune deficiency or, or problems, right. I mean, this is, especially since this is all really affecting the gut in such a huge way, and so much of our immune system is in the gut, Yeah, I mean, that's just a, uh, holy heck, and then, you know, um, have you ever given any thought, because we're talking about talking about um, the pesticides and this and that, everybody talks about DDT, the use of that back in the day, um, the correlation that may have had with what we now know as polio. Um, I mean, it just seems like generationally there's just something else that comes up and we don't learn from anything. But then again, if there's no admissions from prior generations, we can just move on to the next scheme, I guess. Yeah, I mean, here's some of the other problem, right? Monsanto, when a lot of their testing was done by the industry. Now, that doesn't mean that the testing is not valid. You still have to look at the methodology, but you have to look at it with a crooked eye if it's the you know if you're investigating your own product. Um, but the the other problem was that they they didn't they didn't go out far enough into the future, right? A lot of the rat studies were stopped after three months, which, and you know, and, and, they, and they were fine, but some independent labs did the testing, and after four to five months is when some of the tumor growth started. So, you know, you can manipulate research. I, I could, we could do an entire episode on just data manipulation and how you can't, you should never use the phrase trust the science. No, it's question the science. And uh, Matthias Desmond recently, I was uh, listening to an interview with him, and he had said, he's a professor at Ghent University, he had said that uh, he was doing some work on the medical sciences, and he found out that there was a data reproducibility crisis, where 85% of the medical literature was not reproducible. Not reproducible, <laughs> which is the core tenant of the scientific method. <laughs> so, you know, we, we just have to understand that when you know, CNN gives you a headline, you know, or when study finds, whatever. We need to really, and I understand that this is not people's wheelhouse. Everybody has different things to do. This is what I do, but, you know, you just have to understand that there is so much nuance here. It's really just hard to, you cannot just say glyphosate is safe and effective. I'm not, I'm not proclaiming that I know, but I, I have so much evidence that at least requires further investigation. Well, hey, week to week, we, we were just bringing up protein, high protein diets before. Week to week, you're going to get a new new conclusion drawn yeah. on red meat yeah, on right. butter on yeah. dairy yep. week to week it's 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 either taking life off of your you're, you're taking years off of your life or it's adding it or it's so 85% uh not being able to to reproduce results that, that I, I believe it that's like a crime against humanity yeah well, especially problem. since policy is built on that's those that's results what i mean like and yeah. it, man 
don't yeah. know. Well, hey, that's that's why <laughs> FDA, FTC. Uh, I, I look, I look at them just like why, why? Uh, you know, they're, they're the ones that are making all the studies and they're approving their friends. I mean, many of them usually ha- ha- in in a in a past in a past chapter in their professional lives have sat on the board of many of these drug companies yeah. uh, or Monsanto themselves, and and now here they are rubber stamping their products. And uh, and I don't know the yeah devils in the details on on data. I would love for you to tell us some stuff that uh, on that in a future show that uh, people just don't understand how that's compiled. That revolving door is insane, insane between the EPA and Monsanto. Insane. I mean, you just can't possibly expect you know legitimate science to be done when that's going on. And you know if if it, at some point if you want to talk about seed oils, you know I've I've got studies where data was hidden for forty years. And some of the most rigorous, well-done studies comparing all-cause mortality with cholesterol levels and replacing saturated fat with, with these seed oils, right? And these two specific studies, they buried the results. And the quote from the author with, you know, why, wasn't, you know, why weren't the results published? Why wasn't the data published? And the author actually said, quote, we were just so disappointed in the way they turned out. <laughs> This is not science. You don't go in trying to, pr- you know, I mean, this is, the, and so, and so, and what oh. these studies found, let me just, I mean, since I've said it now, I, I sort of like the cat's out of the bag, right? It, one is the Sydney diet heart study. The other is the Minnesota coronary experiment. They were two of the most rigorous diet studies ever done on cholesterol replacement of saturated fat with the vegetable oils like that we were just talking about. What they both found paradoxically was that participants who had a greater reduction in serum cholesterol, which the seed oils will do. But those that had the greatest serum reductions in cholesterol had higher risk of death, higher mortality rates. So yes, they died, they died younger, but they died younger with lower cholesterol, <laughs> right? And so, and but yet these—it's not, not funny. No, <laughs> but but these formed the basis of what Harvard still tells you today to replace your saturated fat, which is so dangerous, replace your saturated fat with with these vegetable oils. And the authors just said they didn't publish these results. These were done in the '60s. These were done in the 60s, and the oh. BMJ didn't publish the Sydney Diet Heart Study with all the data until 2013, and it didn't publish the Minnesota Coronary Experiment until 2016. Think about how many years of people consuming these oils. And, and the quote is because they were upset with what they found? The quote is exactly, we were just so disappointed in the way they turned out, meaning they, the data. In other words, they, were trying, they were trying to find something specific. They were trying to prove once and for all that reducing serum cholesterol is the way to live a long, healthy life in terms of heart health, and that replacing them with these seed oils, which are man-made and patented and you know come from Procter & Gamble or whoever, that's the way forward. And what they found was that when they did that, these people died earlier. And, and you know, and that is all basically, that, that is all um, mostly at that, because as you said, over 40, 30, 40 years, however the hell mm-hmm. long it was, that is all in an effort to make sure that certain products are sold. Oh, yeah. And of course, remember, these same types of data manipulations are done to make sure that other products and and uh, methods of of treating or uh, living in one way or another healthily is suppressed. They just put out another another um, study on on uh, ivermectin <laughs> that proved conclusively that it does not have any effect on recovery rates. Now, of course, when you dig into the study there, I mean, anybody who's been paying attention to people like Dr. Zelenko, like Peter McCullough, uh, anybody else who has gone out there and, uh, and, and shown what this does and have done their own studies, they stress 
ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. It's an ionophore, okay, like quercetin over the counter. It helps deliver mm -hmm. zinc and other substances into the cell. It is a delivery system. They did not include zinc in any of this stuff. They're, they're just treating people with disease with just ivermectin. Thinking it's going to do something, it's a, it, it, you know, I mean, this, this is the this is the right. kind of it's it's the gun, and then like the zinc is the. It's bullet, an unloaded, right? yeah. Not to mention the timing. Unloaded is, gun. The timing is critical in that you mm -hmm. need to intervene during viral replication. If you are giving this at the end of an infection, of course you're not going to find a difference. That's not what it's designed to do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know personally. <laughs> I started three days in. I didn't think I had. Uh, I didn't think I had anything to be worried about. I should have just taken it for. Any time I get a sniffle now, I'm gonna just pop some. I don't even care anymore. My zinc protocol on the front of my Instagram page is specifically. I specifically tell people, you know your body better than anybody. At the first sign of anything, just pop a couple of the zinc tablets. Just just do that to start. You you have any idea how quickly you can head something off? I mean, but again, timing is critical. So this is another point, right? That's exactly how you can manipulate study data. They do it all the time with fish oil. They use suboptimal doses. And so they know it's not going to have an effect. And they say, oh, well, you know, fish oil doesn't really help with inflammation. But you've got, meanwhile, you've got people in the study that are eating a Western diet, which means their omega-6 to omega-3 ratio is like 25 to 1. So it's like, it's like pissing on a house fire. You know, you're not, you're not, of course you're not going to find those results. But, but technically they're not lying. They just know they're not telling the truth <laughs> or the whole truth. And so it's just data manipulation is rampant and it's just, it's, it's incredibly, you know, uh, easy to find it with industry funded data. So it's one of the first things I do when I go to a study, I go to the conflicts of interest page and I look the authors up and I want to see where they were paid. Again, it doesn't mean the study is going to be null and void, but I need to know that. I need to know what I'm dealing with going in. And you certainly just can't read the headline because I've seen data that doesn't even support the, the, the conclusion of the study. Mm. I've seen data not supporting the actual conclusion of the study, too. So it's a full-time job. Wow. I know. With fish oil, any specific ones that you think are better? Um, not necessarily brand, but fish from, you know, so I colder always, environment? Or, yeah, yeah. cold water fish. I always start with, you know, salmon, okay. mackerel, sardines. I always want to get it from whole food form. That's always where I start. Salmon, though, is... The, is do you find there's a difference between the farm and oh yes yeah. you can even see the difference in color if, just if, look different yeah they look oh my different God. yeah <laughs> you get the pale sort of farm raised yeah. salmon and then you've got the robust sort of deep dark pink mm -hmm. um of a of a of a wild of a caught salmon so yeah that's mm. that's a huge that's a huge part of it too and again you know remember omega the the idea the omega six to three balance is critical in inflammation. But the idea is not to consume a whole bunch of omega-3 to offset a diet that's high in omega-6. The idea is to bring the absolute values down and then also to bring the ratio into balance. So polyunsaturated fats, they're, they're essential, but we don't need them in large quantities. You know? So um, unfortunately, the Western diet, since it's full of seed oils, it's, it's, <coughs> uh, and you know, these seed oils incorporate into cell membranes, and so they just cause a lot of damage, as we kind of discussed earlier. Um, and their, and their half-life is like several years so when you stop consuming them it takes years for them to fully be removed from the system these cells have to die essentially which is why they're so dangerous i, I cannot stress enough to people these are not just oh i'm going to have it every once in a while i'm going to have it just on the weekends the seed oils are something you just you need to be maniacal about hmm. you know it's um it, it's hard because they're everywhere but i haven't had i haven't had a um a fish oil supplement in a long time i used to do the um i don't know some 
the, it was liquid. Mm-hmm. I used to do that, but I just I got so much. I don't I don't know how much stuff. As you said before, you prefer getting stuff from food. Yeah. So absolutely. that I'm not like all day another handful of pills. Um, but I don't know. I'm not that bad right now. I just I got a little a green supplement. I've got the zinc. I've I've got the uh, what you call it? Um, the beef liver. Yeah. A lot of beef liver tablets and yeah. things like that. Um, the capsules. But I, I want. I gotta learn how to make your pate. Well, we're gonna said, do it. It's gonna be. It's an easy recipe. I promise. Everyone can do it. I'll start. I'll start buying liver for the first time from the from the farmer. <laughs> yeah. so, Ed, you got any liver? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, some of them will just give it away because it's not very popular. But uh, nutrient dense, to say the least. Mm. Um, yeah, and I would say fish oil supplements. I'm a little sketchy on sometimes because they can. They're very, very easy to go bad. You know, they're they're, they're easily oxidizable by heat, by light. So ideally, um, and you can test this kind of stuff too, right? Again, this is what makes me an alternative health practitioner. You can test your omega six to omega three ratio with a simple finger stick which is really cool. So then you can kind of see, okay, what kind of inflammatory burden do I have? So I wouldn't just blanketly say, oh, everyone should take fish oil because I don't, I don't believe in that one size fits all approach. If you have a omega six to three ratio like I do, I had it tested once, it was four to one. That's like hunter gatherer days. Why? Because I'm obsessive about, <laughs> about my diet, about keeping those oils out of my body. But I do know people who are like 25, 30 to one. Um, and those people need intervention because they're in a chronically pro-inflammatory state. Do you know how to take blood? Do you, do you know how to draw blood? No. Okay. No. Okay. So Sorry. <laughs> okay. But I have friends. Hey, what about, what about, okay, here's another thing that comes up a lot. And uh, I've, I've talked about it over the last couple of months because I have these weird, every once in a while there's a night, maybe once every six to eight weeks or longer. But it, it sucks and then it's on my mind and I sometimes it's two nights in a row where there's just... It's so hard to get to sleep. Um, I'm not. I, I sleep well otherwise, but every once in a while, there's just these weird, weird nights. The mind is racing. Mm. The body's kind of fidget. I, I'm tired, but I'm not. I, so I just get out of bed and I start working, or I, I read a book until I just, I'm just exhausted. And then I, I brought it up on the on the show, and people would write in and and, and ask about. Yeah, you know, I always wanted some more uh, um, tips on improving sleep, and I I do know that. Whenever I have those nights, I pay attention to things I eat before I go to bed. Usually things that are a little bit higher, that are salt. Like if I have a cup of chili that's really salty, I wake up the next morning, I can't open my eyes, like glued <laughs> shut. But on the other hand, if I have a cleaner protein, I was always told, have a nice clean protein before you go to bed. And the sleep is a lot, uh, a lot deeper, a lot more restful. You wake up a lot less groggy. Can you, can you put some some sense to sleep science with nutrition as far as what's best practices, what to avoid before sleep, how it affects your dream. I don't know. Just lay it on us. So I would say there's definitely a correlation from what I've seen with higher protein intake in general. Higher protein diets tend to improve uh, global sleep scores. So... uh, Too bad it it kills your testosterone. Right, of course. (laughs) Right. Well, maybe we'll just all switch to soy. Everything will be fine. Um... So, so there's, there's that. I, so there are a few elements to sleep that I always look at. So there's an optimal uh, ambient room temperature. So you're looking at something like between 66 to 69 degrees or 19 to 21 Celsius. Um, so that's really important. Um, there's a few supplements that I use, but again, they're part of a, high pro, a higher protein diet. So glycine is a uniquely interesting amino acid that tends to help the body lower core body temperature during sleep onset. Shit. So which is kind of cool, right? And the other really cool thing about glycine is that it actually has inherently a little sweet taste. Sort of tastes, uh, I would say maybe like 70% as sweet as sugar. 
So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll take a magnesium supplement, like a magnesium three and eight, a little bit of glycine, and I'll just sprinkle that on like a Greek yogurt or something. Now, I don't eat right before bed, but maybe a couple of hours before bed, and just something that simple can make all the difference in the world. So higher protein diets, again, they're, they're good for a lot of things, and certainly they do improve global sleep scores. Low protein diets can actually um, cause a drop in non-REM sleep. So these were a couple of really interesting studies in uh, neuropsychopharmacology that I pulled uh, because I had heard you mentioned it the other night. So mm. I just did a little bit of quick research. Um, but glycine, magnesium, optimal room temperature, and also screen time. So blue light is a huge no-no when it comes to... So I should get one of those pairs of glasses for during the day. I, I certainly do. Hmm. Uh, well, no, for, for at night. Oh, for, well, I'm sitting here with a, a pair of glasses. Oh, yeah, that would be correct. <laughs> oh, man. So, what are so, these glasses? Hold on. I don't interrupt. Oh, okay, what are, yeah. The blue light glasses. What are they, like cobalt or something? So they're just, they're just glasses that, that are made to, bl to block blue light from coming into your eye. Okay. And so that helps increase or, or helps maintain normal circadian rhythms and melatonin production. And that's wow. also just for like sitting on the couch watching television? Absolutely. Too? Okay. Absolutely. Any, yeah. any kind of artificial light is going to emanate blue light. I got to look yeah. into them. I mean, I, I didn't know that there was... So that these are specific... Mm -hmm. What's the lens made out of? I should have brought this. I don't know. Let me I'll have to, uh, you can bring it up. I, I'm not sure on that end. These um, are like they live glasses. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I put them on every night when the sun goes down. Okay. Wow. And it's super cool because then you can do, you know, so you've probably seen on your phone or on your computer the uh, night mode mm -hmm. or, yeah, and that's that's what that's mimicking. Here's the best. Here, here's New York Post did, um, this is the first thing I'm I'm grabbing here, best blue light glasses brands of 2022. There you go. And, uh, oh, I guess they can have any kind of style. Oh, there. yeah. They, you would never even, and some of them you don't even know they're blue. Yeah. You can get anything you want. Oh, wow. Mine are actually amber in color because I use them specifically for screen because I'm on a screen most no. my days and nights. Mm. So I got a special pair of screen glasses, but uh, that looks kind of uh, that. That looks, yeah. Uh, if I if I start showing up with these things on at night, <laughs> and I start looking like you're going to start bon a, Bono or you're something. going to start a trend, Frank. That's what we got to do. We're going to improve uh. the entire the uh, global sleep score of your entire audience simultaneously. I, mean, I, sh I should get this. <laughs> I should get it for Lauren too. It's it's huge for people. I, I've um, even just telling people to stop, you know, switch over to an actual physical book at night rather than reading from a screen. Even that, I've heard reports of people saying, "Oh man, it, you know, it improved my insomnia big time." So uh, yeah, definitely look into those. I mean, you can find cheaper pairs. I've played around with cheaper pairs. They because they're cheaper, they do tend to break. You know, the frames are cheap. So uh, then I just decided to spend a little bit more money and find you know a better pair. And um, I tell you one thing, I can also feel a lot less eye fatigue. Uh, does, it, does, it, does it reverse damage? Because I feel like every every <laughs> time I every time uh, I think about this, like if my it's the end of the day and my eyes are really going. First of all, I need corrective lenses. I'm starting to feel it. I'm, my left eye is is significantly weaker than my than my right now. Um, I, th I forget what the hell it was. I think it's like fifty twenty, whatever the hell it is. And yeah. then this one's forty twenty. Well, I mean, um, it's going to improve eye strain. It's going to improve eye strain for sure. So you, mm. you'll you'll benefit from that without a doubt. But you'll also get the additional benefit of melatonin secretion in a in a normal circadian pattern. So when you're going to bed at night, um, the melatonin will be there because again, blue light tells uh, your brain that it's daytime, right? So uh -huh. without that, right? So without that production of melatonin, it's just really hard to fall asleep. Gotcha. Yeah. That's that, that was all that, very interesting stuff. And the glycine is great. Glycine is really fun because again, it's a little bit sweet. So when you sprinkle that on something, you almost feel like you're getting a treat, but it's just an amino acid. 
Um, and again, it it um, it actually works with NMDA receptors in the brain, and it actually helps drop uh, core you, body you, temperature. But you you just say sprinkle a little bit of glycine on there with like some magnesium. What what would a little bit be? Is this something you take up with like a pinch and like it's almost you, like yeah, you could certainly do that like a like a pinch of salt. I mean, I have like a little half a teaspoon thing that I use and just kind of sprinkle it on like you would cinnamon or something like that. Yeah. Speaking of um, speaking of sprinkles and all that, I was telling Rob about this. Um, the, the lion's mane. Uh, we we talked briefly, I yeah. think maybe two episode two appearances ago about nootropics, mm-hmm. and with the lion's mane mushroom, I have been putting a uh, maybe like a three quarters of a teaspoon into the bottom of the cup uh, in bottom of the mug, pouring the black coffee in there, and it is uh, it makes you f- f- like well, I want to fly. For the first, it really is stimulating. And then I, I watched, um, I watched this one guy who was, uh, I, I don't know, he's he's very very well known in the topic of um, of shrooms and of course the the psychedelic ape um, theory and all that other stuff, and how much lion's mane has been shown to bring, like, f- cognitively damaged yeah. mice back to where they were pre damage like they would do something to actually harm the 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 mice cognitively giving them some kind of a uh, a substance that would let, let, let's say like how sugar would they say sugar rots your brain they did something to mm-hmm. to bring them down where they would they would forget the maze they would forget how to get to their cheese and then they would give them specifically lion's mane mm-hmm. and it would it actually has this neuroregenerative property and, and i guess this just tax on all the other reasons why people say that mushrooms really need to be uh, taken seriously more and more but um, that's one of those things man uh, I, I have I have found a lot of success in personally the lion's mane and the coffee in the morning do you remember if it was demyelination if that's what they did to the rats because that's that's essentially the research that I've seen that's what lion's mane does it helps maintain the, the myelin sheath which are the sort of protective um, coating for the neurons in the brain and so it can actually help um, trans- Transmit signals might faster. have been, might yeah. have been, and I th- and the guy, yeah, the, the uh, let's see here, uh, Joey Mormon and uh, Peter Bayon, a few other people put in there. Paul Stamets, that's his mm-hmm. name. Yeah, okay, yeah, that was in. He was mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was very interesting to listen to, but my ears perked up when he started talking about because you know obviously people want to talk about the psychedelic psilocybin and whatever, but when he's just talking about something that is so readily available over the counter like uh, lion's mane, yeah. um, I said, like, oh shit. I'll, and then uh, I'm a big fan. It's a, it's been a pre-workout of mine for years. I, you know, black coffee with some lion's hmm. mane cordyceps. Uh, you I was know. just going to ask, what about yeah. cordyceps? Yeah, big fan of both yeah, of those. I, I sort of cycle different things. Those, but those, yeah. those um, cordyceps. Yeah, somebody because you know I, I I smoked cigarettes for a long time. Oh. So uh, you know, and then but I'm still active, right? And uh, and then you know, eventually <laughs> something's got to give, right? <laughs> and, Something uh, will, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I noticed that the cordyceps would definitely help the lung, uh, yeah. the cardio aspects for sure. They're a, they're a fungi. They're they're. I think now they're they're really hard to procure. So now they're essentially there's like a CS4 strain that's made in the laboratory to mimic. They're, they're, it's like grown in the in in the environment. It's it's actually extracted from the back of a caterpillar. It's it's yeah, a it's a bizarre yeah. little thing. But they make they make a sort of a, you know a strain now that's more easily uh, harvestable i guess uh, but yeah they have it they have a great effect i love them you know i have it uh, most mornings excellent pre-workout man okay so it's so a use as a, as a pre-workout yeah yeah that's what i was using cordyceps too still do shit okay 
<laughs> yeah, no. I, the, the, what, what this is the this is the one that I got. What's it called? Uh, hold on. Uh, here, this is the one that I, I I picked up. What the hell is it called? There you go. Limitless Lions Mane. This is the one I sent to you. Oh yeah. I yeah, don't yeah. buy anything without sending it to Jay first. <laughs> now I said, okay, what do you think about this? Goes, yeah, I think it, yeah. it looks pretty good. We Lim want to make sure there's no vegetable oils in there. Right. <laughs> Limitless Lion's Mane, 100% mushroom extract. Yeah. So, mm. fuck. I mean, there's just so much. <laughs> there's just so, so many directions to go in. I mean, it's the science of life, really, when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, you wonder how many of these things... Uh, you know, I always remind people that pharmacology has a place, right? I, people always, always... There's always one in the bunch that comes after me and says, well, you know, what about this? And I'm like, listen... Again, if I'm in a car accident, there is no time or place I would rather be. Yeah. They can put me back together. I am so grateful for all of that. But everything has its place. Every modality has its place. Western medicine has outlived or outgrown its usefulness in terms of it thinks now it can sort of uh, penetrate all areas of health. But the truth is pharmacology is really only about 100 and so years old. More, more of human history has been done with these types of products. So to pretend that those are alternative and experimental, the truth is it's pharmacology that is new and experimental. And that, again, which is why we should look with a, a sideways eye at it and say, okay, you're, you're guilty until proven innocent. Anything man-made. But we're alternative because, of course, the, the real thing is that when a big fat cat shows up and everybody starts getting their palms greased, right. then uh, it's very easy for everybody to agree on who the boss is. And th that it, it's just really what's dictated. It, it's the oldest story that yeah. we can come down to, follow the money or right. you know the root of all evil. But it's just what it is. It, 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 it sets the tone. Well, like I said to you before, right, how many, if, if we're all healthy, right, if I pull somebody out of the 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 food the industrial food system that also simultaneously will likely pull them out of the uh, out of the you know big pharmacy system mm. and so now they are no longer a customer and so they are really are, are of little use to the entire system so they don't want look i mean it's just it's a business model it's not a conspiracy it's it's the way you would do business if you are trying to head off a competitor and what is the competitor to anybody who's making a patented product anything natural vitamin d zinc you cannot patent those so they always if you look in the news it will always be something like eggs meat some vitamin or some mineral that will be cast aside as ridiculous and frivolous and alternative what you really need is this thing made in a laboratory that's brand new, that's a brand new technology or a gene therapy or a drug or whatever, or a food made with all these high tech. I mean, you see the 3D printing of the meat. It's insane yeah. <laughs> to, to have gotten to the, the population to the point where they believe that that is the way to health. It's like red pound cake. <laughs> exactly what it looks like. <laughs> Speaks to just how far we've, we, we've gotten away from nature. And again, I'm not saying that we should all go back into caves. I'm saying that there's got to be a way to live harmoniously with sort of traditions of the old and taken everything that's great out of Western medicine and use it to our advantage, but it cannot penetrate every area of our lives. It's no. proven that it can't. It's proven failure in prevention time and time again. Let's take a couple more uh, super chats over here. I think these should be fun. Uh, let me see. Sea to Shining Sea says big pharma companies also make water treatment chemicals. Something to think about. Thanks for another great show and guests. As they poison the water simultaneously with fluoride. Yeah. I know. That's, that's just <laughs> it. I guess that's one of the treatment chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, want to make sure that our teeth are strong. Dark Maga Pepe. 
says, uh, how can we have an obese crisis when we uh, when there are predicted critical food shortages and uh, black conservative patriot is dole, is doing daily vids on the food crisis on this food crisis so i guess uh uh, he's talking about Black Conservative Patriot that's covering a lot of what's going on with the, not only the supply chains, because he's big into the, the finance and, and the marketplace and the movements there, but he's also been um, he's also been compiling the timelines of these fires and stuff like that, too. But um, let me see here. When there's predicted, how can we have an obesity crisis? Well, okay, let's think about that for a second. Um, I don't think this, we need rocket science for this. <laughs> How can we have obese people when we have a food crisis? Well, the food crisis is forthcoming. We are at the tail end of a few generations of copious amount. We, we I, I don't think that very f- many people have been left out of agreeing with the sentiment that if you go and look at the rest of the world's poor and then compare them to the poor in America, I mean, the poor in America are the, some of the fattest people in the country. Without a doubt. Right. And and that's not because of a lack of food. I mean, the quality of food that they're getting is bad, but there's also quantity of bad food, enormous quantities of bad food. Well, that's the point, right? We live in a calorically rich, nutrient-poor environment. And so that is what drives overeating. And we could, again, go into a whole whole talk about this. So that is the concept of things like palate fatigue or people like... Uh, uh, his name is Howard Moskowitz, I think, the guy who created Bliss Point, right? Creating foods that artificially hijack satiety mechanisms. So they provide a ton of caloric value, but no nutrient value. And the body has no calorie sensors. So if you can hijack satiety mechanisms, you can essentially make people continue to consume food even though, mm-hmm. even when they don't really need it anymore. Mm. So we're, we have a drive because our body has a drive for nutrients. So my thesis is that if we consume more nutrient-dense foods, we actually need less food in general. I, I've experienced that myself. I don't have any trouble putting on muscle. I don't have any trouble. You know, I'm not malnourished, but I eat significantly less calorically than I ever did at any other point in my life because my foods are all carefully chosen and nutrient dense. I don't waste my calories on, you know, on, on empty calories. Yeah. So, so you can have both. You can have a, you can have super calorically dense foods that are nutrient poor that can drive an obesity epidemic. But I think you're also right. We're going to see, and I, this goes back to my earlier point. I think we're going to see a situation where people are going to be, in some ways, dragged kicking and screaming into health because all of a sudden these calories aren't even going to be around in the kind of quantities that they're used to. You're not going to be able to go to the store and find your strawberry filled Twinkie anymore that's made with wheat, fl- you know, flour and and soybean or or sunflower oil. You're just not going to be able to get that anymore. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that trajectory, but again, nothing happens overnight. Yeah. You'll have yeah, you'll have to for, for those for those who haven't completely melted down and gone into uh <laughs> into hysterics and burning things down and they're just trying to learn a new way of life, they'll start eating a little bit more squash in in October. Exactly. Because that's all that's gonna be available, especially in the northeast. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, things like that. You'll you'll be eating seasonally and whatever the farmer can can uh can make available yeah that's it's going to be uh it's going to be serious that's why you know i don't know if you got i know rob had seen it because we've discussed it in the past but there was this site that popped up around 2013 or 12 or 14 or something like that and it was deagle the deagle site that defense site but it had a very provocative 
Population numbers. Right? Populate, yeah. yeah, very provocative forecast for the year 2025 on there from years ago. And it was very provocative because it showed that by 2025, the United States population would be reduced by 70%. Whoa. Okay. Now, this is prior to, Whoa. this is years, yeah. years, and years prior to any pandemic fears. Um, at that time, they, um, they, they said that there was, they uh, attributed it mostly to a gigantic financial collapse, would then, which would then in turn trigger mass migration out of the United States. Right. Mm. So a lot of the people who came here looking to ride the gravy train, they probably went back to where they came from. Then, of course, as we know, if there is a gigantic any kind of an economic uh, fallout as to what they're what they're saying is coming, and as you just said, so many people who are health compromised that need to be propped up by big pharma just to stay alive. I mean, the death toll after a couple of months of being short on supplies could be, I mean, forget f anything that they could prop up with COVID numbers. No. So. Um, that's the thing that we keep thinking about here, too. They weren't even talking about pandemics or nuclear war. They are just thinking about migration because of financial collapse, the Deagle numbers. Yeah. I mean, 70% is unthinkable. I mean, that's a collapse of the whole country. Right. Yeah, it's the end. Yeah. So, you know, you have, yeah, you have to wonder, did they know something or was it just riding you know riding trends? Now, you, you said it was more financially related and not necessarily health related, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I, if if you extend the line long enough, I mean, we're going to get to a point where it's going to be difficult for younger generations to be able to survive healthy into later ages. And then who's going to take care of some of these people who start to develop diseases way earlier than they ever would have? So, you know, I, I have no insight on the on the on the fi you know what financially could cause the end of 70% of the american population although <laughs> with the devaluation of the dollar i suppose at that point you know anything is possible but from just from a health perspective those are my real concerns is that we're drifting more and more towards these companies who then again will have control over what we are allowed to buy i mean maybe you're only allowed to buy 2 ounces of meat you know, per week because it, well, again, it's better for you and better for the environment. And I just want to be able to thwart that and tell people, listen, you, you know, you need to act now when it comes to taking control of your health. Right. And it starts by taking control of your food and your water. It, it, th there's just no other way around it. You can live with just about, you know, anything else. You cannot live without food and water. You'll live without Netflix. I promise. Yeah. But you won't live without food and water, so... Well, well let me also just say we are knocking on the door of, of 2025, and I don't... Right. I, I mean, a lot can happen from now until then, but sure. I'm not... Hmm. I, you know, um, what they're saying is coming... I mean, they're not even... There's no any way to hide it anymore. They're telling us that there's going to be food food problems. Biden that, said it. It came out of his mouth. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're giving us reasons... They're giving us a. Uh, they're actually assigning us reasons as to why we're going to see the things we're seeing. Right. They're talking about cyber attacks. They're right. talking, and, and of course, that that is a, a blanket statement there too. They said that's what's going to uh, really trigger the, the the main financial bottoming out. Then there's going to be food. There's everything else. It's COVID, Putin, all that, right. and of course, cyber attacks from people that we can't find. So, um, does anybody in Washington own a mirror? Right. Because it seems like they have a lot of other people to blame. I understand. Yeah. Well, they got one. It's, it's <laughs> just some stuff on top of it. That's what I'm saying. So, 2025. Can't really see too well, you know. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, rapture dates. You know the problem with them. Yeah. But, but there's one thing though that's at, at the very least the silver lining in what you're saying is that 
if you see what's been thrown out with the pandemic with you know the evil of vladimir putin and now we're seeing with the supply chain and everything do you think every one of those scenarios went exactly the way they wanted right now they were hits don't get me wrong but i think the the ukraine hit is much less than what the two-year hit of mm-hmm. of what the pandemic was and now that we've come out to the other side of it i mean even fauci who cares what he has to say but he even said oh we're not in pandemic phase and then you know saki had to correct him and then they he, weren't very happy about that no no well, he had to go back <laughs> on it and switch a, you yeah. know what i mean like um but anyway point being is that these things that they've really thrown at us haven't they they were significant i'm not not saying that at all but much less you know so it's like okay because remember this is world war three that we're talking about here in russia and even just the past couple of days they're seeding the whole nuclear thing in in the subconscious of people but it's still not necessarily taking hold i mean there's been damage for sure but i think overall you know we're still taking it it's almost like a, it's like training <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean it doesn't kill you makes you stronger here so oh uh, we, yeah we, we've definitely gotten a, a little bit more refined and, and everything and then they're gonna uh, i i think there's no doubt in my mind that we're gonna see stuff come you know july august and into the harvest season into november with, into november and it's gonna really feel it then for sure but you know if if we're able to organize and you know <laughs> move away from from that sort of thing and like you're saying how to prepare um and you don't need a lot a, a lot of stuff but you do need to have a network of people speaking of mushrooms before and how the way mushrooms operate you know and how <laughs> we are but it's like this interconnected yeah. network of things it's like it's there's really something to that for sure yeah i i think that a few people um as you're saying, how much has it really taken? Uh, these this last year or or this last a few months with the war in Eastern Europe, compared to the last two and a half years, it, it's you're right about that. I mean, there's definitely some people out there who have gone and put the uh, the the blue and yellow in their fucking storefront windows, and I mean, there's there's definitely that going on. Yeah. But, but as far as um, as far as everybody else, I I think they're just. They're just going. They're getting outside a little bit more, and um, and I don't even know that that everybody in in, uh, in government gives a shit about whether or not we actually believe this stuff. Because no. look at what oh, they're no. doing. It, no, look, no, no, no. As you said, we got a couple of months until we really start feeling the pain. As long as they have something to blame, they're just building up that story so that there's at least some record in the media that they've been telling us something for a while. And then other than that, here we go. Every couple of weeks, they're approving another tens of billions of dollars right. to a place. They're just pretty much sending that $33 billion they're sending to themselves their surrogates in Ukraine. Right, right. To launder and if they get that, it. if it, if they get it approved, of course. Right, but well, no. I mean, I think there's no doubt that the, the, these policymakers they don't they don't believe any of this shit. Do you? Th- I mean, you go from member Biden on record. He doesn't want his child growing up in the racial jungle, right? Saying that he said that <laughs> about in, you know about integration. Yeah, he said that, yeah. and then you know the, during the debates. Well, if your eight-year-old wants to go on on puberty blockers and hormones and and, and change genders, they should be able to do that, right? Come on. Do you think he gives two shits any of it? No. It was interesting is that I I read one of these uh, classic 
4chan, I guess it was, or maybe it was back when 8chan was that thing, posts. But you know how they are. They, they analyze all this stuff, and they're like, you know, they don't believe any of this. Literally, what it breaks down to is humiliation. And that's how you keep at war, and that's how you keep the, the your subjects and your slaves at bay, is you humiliate them. So you see this stuff with, you know, all the, the crazy ideology and blah, blah, blah. Do you think that they're saying, listen, this is good to ha have, you know, 11-year-olds go put on, on, on these type of chemicals to chemically castrate an 11-year-old because of what they're saying? They don't. Put, no. Put the next but, generation of boys in high heels. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, they don't care. No. But it's humiliation. You humiliate the people who you're standing on, and that's what keeps them in a... But it also keeps them together. You know, again, Matthias Desmond says uh, mass formation. Sometimes yeah. the more absurd... The rituals the more people will cling to them because it, it creates just an even tighter knit group and and then they are sacrificing for this for you know for this group just like you know all the people who were i mean people don't realize that lockdowns were not a thing they didn't exist outside of places like china mm -hmm. until all of this happened and then all of a sudden it was the solution to the problem Right. Which it never has been. It never worked. It it completely decimated middle to low income countries. People people that were claiming that they were worried about other human lives at the same time were stomping them out. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many arguments I got into people, you know, with people explaining to them, listen, you, you know, you can't decouple the economy from health. You can't do it. Right. right? And, and just, again, just this blind rage because, again, you know, at any point you can, you can die of anything in the world. You just can't die of COVID. <sighs> and that created this just maniacal group of people. And, again, the more insane, the more insidious in some ways the measures were, the more people clung to them. You know. and, and to that point, I really do believe, you know, going what Rob just said about humiliation, I think that the more people suffered together and the more they gave themselves over to it you needed everybody yeah. ev uh, even more so because that group that you are a part of that herd that you're a part of within that group you are able to share the shame and therefore not feel the shame which i can't tell you how many right. times I, I i have observed so many people even in my own family who i know are very boisterous in their opinions about one thing or another in uh, on the internet on their little accounts one way or another and then you get together with them and they know that they are in unfamiliar territory with people who don't think the way they are the most un unconfronted yeah. they don't want anything to do with anything yeah. they know i mean they largely know that they are their their ideas their viewpoints anything is very very insufficient mm. insufficient to be able to have even a basic exchange with people it's a big part of the reason why for whatever the hell this elon musk acquisition of twitter is about ultimately the meltdown is about being able to preserve a place where they don't have to be honestly challenged right. on have anything to be reminded of how insane yeah thing you know what i mean they can drive in the car with the mask on by yep. themselves this is hum this is the an <laughs> and it's army fine. they are an army of humpty dumpties <laughs> they, they need to be uh so carefully propped up or else it is just disaster yeah i mean it protects them also from the reality of the world around them yeah right i mean so yeah it's i'm not sure where we go from here but but all i can tell people is some, some b between now and november for specific reasons things are going to change and you you need to be prepared and again that's mm. you know i'm trying to i don't like to use the word wake up i'm just trying to make people aware that there are alternatives to use that the word of the day uh 
to what you're handed from the media in terms of how to take care of your health, how to take care of your family, all of those things. There are simple ways that you can do it. And um, I think it's just incredibly important. I, I just don't think until the first real wave of scarcity hits, I, I still... I, there's just going to be deer in headlights. People right. are not, they're just not going to get it. There are going to be some, probably many members of your audience. Um, and there are so many different ways to do it. Again, you don't have to invest your entire life, time, money. It's just, you need to have some awareness, even for your own psychological well-being, so that you're not looking over your shoulder every five minutes thinking, what's the next bomb to drop, literally, <laughs> um, tomorrow. So, you know, that's what I'm advocating. I, I hope people take it seriously because I feel like I've been talking about it for years and it's uh, it's getting scary that people are still seemingly unaware of what's coming. Well, speaking of solutions, uh, you both are, you both have invested a lot of time into solutions for the, the inner and the outer person, everything that, that makes up a, uh, that makes up a, a human life. Um, and I would love to uh, let you guys talk a little bit about what you're doing, Rob, and his classes. Um, you and I know that you are working toward a uh, some seminars, and I think a spot. I, I know that the ultimate goal is to uh, is New Hampshire. Yeah. But you have something going on at the end of the summer, which I think would be really great for you to talk about. I mean, Rob, let's start with you. Yeah. Uh, you just gave him the intro, <laughs> and then you pivoted yeah. immediately. Okay, well, you want, should, should he? I don't know. I don't care. No, we, go ahead, Rob. We can, we can go back. Yeah. You guys want to flip a coin? <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm gonna just, gonna did I screw it up? I don't carry cash. Please. I'm going to go. We've got to make a decision. <laughs> And the decision's been made. That's it. KungFuChannel.com. That's my website. Check it out. I'm going there right now. Yeah. that's uh, I do Qigong class live via Zoom Wednesday nights, 6 p.m. Eastern. Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. If you cannot make the class live, I record it and it stays up, stored onto the cloud for a week. Cause that's the, about as much space as I could get. But as everything we're talking about, health. Um, you know, this cover no breath no good okay yeah. so this is just coordinating the movement with your breath um, we want to oxygenize oxygenate our blood uh, to just as, as best saturation level as we can and then move it through the body and then it's uh, you know basically I say it's just health uh, general well-being we go into all the different benefits general well-being covers all of it um, you know physically the you know, muscles tendons joints all of that um, and it has emotional factors and everything. So kungfuchannel.com, Qigong class. Uh, you can contact me through there. Um, you know, and also the Tai Chi. There's plenty of other stuff on the way. I'm just trying to get this. So, you know, because this is on, uh, you know, via Zoom, it's a different animal, different beast. You know, with the Qigong class is great because you could just follow along. Um, so some of the other stuff. I'm uh, working through, similar to how you had, where you had, you know, this this thing with COVID and everything changed the nature of what you're doing. It was, you know, you had to question and, and you hung true to your principle. Same thing with me. I was, you know, had a bunch of different places. I was teaching. It was great. And then uh, things changed. And then when they wanted to bring me back, they wanted to... Uh, you know, have all different types of sessions. Yeah, literally. I mean, they uh, one place I was working, I was I showed up. They wanted to have a promotional video. I said, absolutely, I'll do that for you. They said, well, you know, we're gonna have you doing Tai Chi. I said, cool. All right. Good. Show up there. They're like, okay, we gotta put a mask on <laughs> for the video. For the video, I was like, uh. are, you, are you? You're fucking insane. <laughs> like seriously. And and they're, they're like, well, no. 
And I was like, no, but th fundamentally, there's an issue here, okay? I was like, just, I could, we, you want to talk politics. Fundamentally, how are you going to do something that's, the, the nature, it, the breath is life. That, that's on my website too, by the way. Although I think the link might be bad, but check that out. Uh, the Science of Breath, okay? It's, it's oh, nice. open source, yeah. It was published in 1903. Uh, it's on one of the, the things there. Science of Breath, check that out. But that's one of the things, like the first thing they say. The breath is life. This is our connection, okay? So anyway, didn't go well. This, <laughs> the point of that whole thing. <laughs> dude, yeah, put a mask on and we're going to film you doing this. I was like... That is insane. Well, it's diabolical. Hopefully. So, but anyway, so we're moving through into, into different things. But as of now, uh, the Qigong class twice a week. Uh, KungFuChannel.com. Check it out. You could just email me and then any question or, or anything, you know, sign up through PayPal. Um, if you don't have a PayPal account, I could send you an invoice through them and uh, you could just pay with your credit card. And then one day, and then one day, people can can travel out of Zoom land mm. and uh, and meet up for a week long retreat in a New Hampshire compound run by Jay Gulenello. That that that'll happen one day. I can see that. Absolutely, and Rob will be up there teaching. Will be fantastic because I fully endorse everything he's talking about. Take advantage of that. That is. Um there are more elements to health than just nutrition. Nothing is isolated. Well, so. I know that's your long-term goal. And, I, yeah. and I, of course, if somebody with your work ethic, I know that will happen. But uh, you, you were saying that uh, you are shoot, aiming for some later 2022 gatherings or, or uh, you know, networking uh, events. I think one place was in Martha's Vineyard. What can you tell us? What do you want to uh, plant the seeds for tonight? So the biggest thing is that, yeah, there's going to be a real in-person event, finally, uh, the first week of October uh, of this year. So what? what is that, uh, six months, About five that. months, five months, yeah. Um, and it's on Martha's Vineyard, and it's, it's going to be a full weekend retreat, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We've got a nose-to-tail chef coming. We have educational seminars. We have exposure therapy we have sunset meditations we have you name it we have it we're still putting the curriculum together right now so not everything is finalized but the idea is to again finally take all the things if, if you've followed me on perpetual health on Instagram uh, go go to the website perpetualhealth.co and right on the front page you'll find all the details on the retreat and I grabbed like just a few pieces off the menu like our chef had, had given us um, some ideas of, of things he was gonna bring and things like you can try raw dairy you can try maple sweetened goat's milk hot chocolate bone marrow mashed potatoes chicken liver mousse smoked bluefish pate sardines Italian prosciutto all kinds of amazing foods I mean that's just like I just randomly grabbed a couple things so you're gonna have food you're going to have a place to stay, this this beautiful little sort of yoga retreat. Um, there'll be an outdoor space. I mean, it's really going to be about creating community. All the things we talk about when it comes to health, you can't discount the human connection. So that's what we're trying to put into place right now. It's October 6th through the 9th. Um, we, we want people to come down. We want, uh, you know, you, you also get access to me for the entire weekend. So think of it as like... You know, you're paying for a session where you can just, if there's any free moments where I'm not teaching something or I'm not talking to people, come up, ask me questions. You know, I don't care if you want to bring your blood work. You know, well, if, if, if you invest... Don't bring your blood, though. Don't bring it. Well, bring your blood along with the rest of you. Okay. <laughs> but no, no drinking of it. No drinking. There'll be no drinking of blood. That's not on the menu. Uh, but we will, you know, the whole idea is to really give, give people the full access to perpetual health. And some of my most trusted friends and colleagues will be there also teaching and providing experience for people. So um, it's going to be amazing. It's an amazing location. I went down and visited the island recently to um, just sort of 
get a lay of the land and uh it's it's going to be it's going to be really an amazing experience and hopefully we'll create a little community there's only limited amount of space unlike the you know the place in new hampshire will run it more often this one's going to be limited to about 20 people because we just um we just don't have the room it was it's going to be pretty expensive we're not making any money on this every dime that we make will go into the retreat center in new hampshire so this is not a money-making venture at all it is to literally get this business off the ground and everything you spend is going to be returned to you tenfold um, in terms of having a place uh, permanently created for you to come and and uh, experience what true health is all about well i can't you know what um i i don't think um th that sounds like it's going to be in the beginning of the week the beginning of that month the end of the month is usually when we we take a little time and go to the adirondacks so i'd love to go to this well uh, i've never been to <laughs> i've never been to martha's vineyard vineyard before mm -hmm. i'd love to, to to hang hang and see this stuff go on maybe i can set up a tent on the uh, the obama's beachfront <laughs> and i yeah. could just i could just sleep on the obama's <laughs> uh, private beach well there's some you know there's some audio video equipment there i you know we can maybe we can set you up to do a little broadcast i mean i we would love to have you there i think it would be a lot of fun for people to be able to you know meet you in person meet me in person have a, have a chat i mean again it's really it's informal but it's also educational it's it's going to be a little bit of everything it's it's immersion therapy it's the kind of stuff that i think people need after 2 years of of uh, of being isolated, so it's a uh, it's a full health experience and um, all inclusive. So well, I'll make sure that your link is added to the affiliates page right next to kungfuchannel.com. Oh, beautiful! Thank I didn't you. even know that you had a website up. Yeah, so that's brand the, new. First time I've seen it. Ready to roll. It's a perpetualhealth.co. Yep. Co. Yep. And kungfuchannel.com. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me again tonight. It's um, people really really enjoyed it, and I it's just uh, it's been a, a wonderful ride. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Yeah, you too, Frank. That, All right. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. Uh, that's it for this week. I will be on tomorrow for um, some unofficial streaming. Like I have to do the the book club, and of course that'll be that'll be fun. And who know who the hell knows what happens over the next week, uh, over the next couple of days. But Sunday night. Sunday night, as you know, I will be on with Zoso Dude on his show. That'll be at nine o'clock. I'll just do that from the the basement setup at my at my house. And then next week we are back to uninterrupted streaming every night. We got something going on. Great guests coming in. Um, I just booked uh, for like May eleventh. Because when we come back next time you see me, officially, it'll be May. For May 11th, I told you Sean from the SGT Report is coming back on. But he's also going to be joined by Corey from Corey's Digs, who just mm -hmm. put out a huge... Uh, I mean, Jay, you could probably talk about the things that, that Corey just published for another couple of hours. About what's going on with the food supply realignment and, and, and everything else. How this is being... Uh, there's so much density in there. Maybe after they get off that night... If you're out there watching live, you should call in and, make, and just lay some comments down. I'd love to. I mean, uh, that article, I briefly was able to go over it. It synthesized several years of my writing on Instagram. You know, I'm, I'm super active there. I write every day. And so many of the points brought up, I mean, I just, again, to see the interconnectedness of things is really important. So it's a great article. I'll definitely be tuning in that night, and I'd be happy to uh, happy to call in as well. Hey, well, if you're if you're watching, the phone lines will be on. I assure you. And um, and and there we have it. Okay. Well, um, other than that, thank you all so much. I will see you on uh, on the other side of the weekend. Good evening. Oh shit. 
Yeah, I'm gonna be. Of course, I fucking forgot. I just have to go through these super chats. Make sure I don't screw anybody no, over. No. All right, so we're back. Uh, <laughs> hello, everybody. Hope you had a great Bonus night. Bonus time. Yeah, first one up is it's Citizen Chuck. Citizen Chuck says, "Great show. I issue man-made foods and man-made medicine. Even foods marketed as organic contain unhealthy ad- additives like uh, maltodextrin, uh, modified food starch, natural flavoring, or some other type of seed oil. Eat whole foods. I think everybody in this room would agree with that." Um, let's see what else we have over here. We have one on rock, a, a, a nice little rumble rant from the Shane B. Any tips on liver health and liver detox? Also, Frank, also wishing Lauren a happy birthday tomorrow. I hope you both have a pleasant celebration together. P.S. Stostube, where you at, bro? Um, what would you say, milk thistle tea? Milk thistle is great for liver detox, but also just an adequate protein diet. Proteins are a very underappreciated element of, of liver detox. They're necessary for those different phase two detoxification processes and also removing toxins. So you wanna, if you're having trouble with your liver, stay away from things like alcohol and even caffeine for a while to allow phase one to go through phase two. Um, there's a lot to it, but proteins. And then again, remember, removing the toxins that you're being exposed to is really a critical piece. Okay. Juice, juice cleanses are overrated too. Juice cleanses are overrated. Overrated. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I, I was wondering about doing that again, but then in all the places that do that around here, I don't even know if where they are anymore. <laughs> um, anyhow, here's a little bit more from Foxholes, the last place of the night. Empress, bitch to you, because I wanna. Thank you so much, Empress. Carrie Lake, thank you so much. 123SKG, thank you. Mana Manan, thank you. Ginger Goddess, Frank, please touch your right nipple. <laughs> You sick bastards. <laughs> Sumter53, you are the best, Frank. Just because I've said it before that Jay really needs to write a book. Oh, he's got several books in him. You, you've, you're, you, I mean, that's obviously on the, it's on the, list. On the horizon. Yeah, for yeah. sure. No, yeah. he's got that. Just, just wait it out. I got the title. Don't worry. Wait it out. <laughs> you know, everybody's got their thing. Um, all right. All right. Well, Jay, Rob, thank you guys again. Night, everybody. Have a good one. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filled before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatters. Starting with Shane B. on Rumble. Thank you so much to See the Shining Sea, Dark Maga Pepe, Citizen Chuck. I will see you guys soon. I'm going to release that scratching over there on Foxhole. And may you all rid yourself of glyphosate. We will see you on Monday or tomorrow if you're part of the book club. See you then. 3 p.m. on quitefrankly.tv or DLive. I'll get the message out the best I can.